This is a news laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta. Angrez apna lagan aur news laundry apna hafta kabhi maaf nahi karte. When the public pays the public is served and when advertisers pay advertisers are served. Subscribe to News Laundry, help keep news independent and also help us grow so we can do more stories for you and bring you more podcasts. So thank you so much for joining us. Today on the panel we have our associate editor Manisha Pandey. Hello. We have our consulting editor Anandanathan. Hello. Uh, we have Madhut Rehan who will just be joining us because we have so much to do in office because we are sure so short staffed that she's just between places so that's why you guys should subscribe so we can get more people. <laughs> and joining us from Bombay is Paranjoy Guha Thakurta. Hi Paranjoy. Namaskar. Main Mumbai mein hu. Aajkal is jagah ko Mumbai kehte hai Bombay nahi. Theek hai. Mumbai se <laughs> Thakurta sahab jo originally Kolkata ke hain, hai na? जी हाँ जी हाँ मैं यहीं पे हूँ और आ, मेरा परिचय अगर आप चाहते हैं आ, मैं संपादक हूँ इकोनॉमिक एंड पॉलिटिकल वीकली यस एंड यू हैड यू स्टार्टेड योर करियर इन 1977 यू वर्क विद बिजनेस इंडिया बिजनेस वर्ल्ड टेलीग्राफ इंडिया डे पाइनियर यू So but no. have you but have you subscribed to Jio or not <laughs> Are you are you no, I haven't I, I must confess I haven't yet done that I must do it one of these days very soon Now see you can get your money back if you just do some free data downloading from Jio but Okay moving on I'll just quickly go over what all we'll discuss today uh, the Supreme Court orders LK Advani Murli Manohar Joshi and Umarti to be tried on criminal conspiracy charges uh then the former delhi chief justice has written a scathing piece on nationalism um it's actually a speech he delivered oh he's a speech yeah. okay it it was published in the today's express or was it times of india what is it published in today no no it's been published uh, reports are everywhere but okay. he delivered a speech that yeah. is the mn roy memorial lecture oh i see okay so that's something and, that and and, and uh, quite a few places have published his transcript even yeah. we are we have published tpw has published it i see then uma uh, bharti says she won't resign and koi maika lal kuch nahi kar sakta unka bsf sacks tej bahadur yadav vijay malya arrested and granted bail in 3 hours china announced the names of six places in arunachal after the lailama's visit the video of a kashmiri being tied to military jeep and general panag's comment which caused a twitter outrage and then try episode we'd like to discuss that a little bit sunu nigam's tweet i wouldn't like to discuss that for too long but i would like to discuss why it became like prime time news and there was nothing else happening in the country and the red beacon cars banned that is a very welcome sign i'm glad the prime minister has done that um 
and if you have time we'll discuss a little more but before we start i mean and then i have to say hmm. that we are worried because uh, the producers of lagan might sue us why like times now is going to sue angrez apna lagan ah, so can apna... you not repeat that next time please angrez apna lagan i ashutosh gowarikar should come after me <laughs> with pleasure that's what i want <laughs> But uh, also, sorry, AIADM K Amma group announced that it has decided to keep VK Sasikal and TT Dinakar out of the party. Uh, that entire fracas also. Maybe we can discuss that a little bit. So, let's start with our guest, Paron Joy. This week, yes. in your view, what was the most important piece of news that dominated headlines or didn't? Uh, you know, that's not an easy question to answer. Hmm. For instance, today's. all all of today's newspapers web, websites last evening's television channels were all dominated by one story that's a supreme court directive on the whole uh, ayodhya babri masjid issue and the fact that lk adbani mulli manohar joshi uma bharti among others were now going to be i mean the whole trial proceedings against them are going to be expedited right now now though this is a big big story at the same time you'll find that this story might fade away day after tomorrow i mean so these stories sometimes their lives tend to be shorter than you think but nevertheless i think this is arguably the biggest story it happens to have broken yesterday in the sense that the supreme court a uh, directive came yesterday yes but given the fact that this has been dragging on for a quarter century the the babri masjid was demolished in december 1992 hmm. so this is and and it there is a legal aspect to it there's a political aspect to it i mean the whole issue is so big that i think if you ask me it is the biggest story yes Okay um if Anand, you want me to elaborate on why I say it's the biggest story I could hold forth for a few more minutes No we'll get to that as well Anand do you think it's the biggest story uh, is it a political story or is it a story of justice or is there something more than meets the yeah, eye I I agree with uh, Pranjoy because it uh, as you say it has two aspects to it one is the uh, the as they say the wheels of justice hmm. are grinding you know it's like chakki piecing 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 it's huh. been like 20 30 years and the other is the political aspect to it because many people are saying that this is uh, modi's doing payback it's payback uh, uh, and uh, you see the, the thing is because cbi is not independent yeah it's not yeah of course that's <laughs> what i'm saying yeah because it is not mm. it was supposed to be arun jaitley gave a pledge when he was in opposition that first thing we're going to do is to make cbi independent mm. but of course as so many other pledges that he gave this one also is you know eaten dust uh well of course conspiracy theories will fly you know so uh, manisha yeah, it is a big story yeah i any think any guesses on which way it'll go well no no guesses on which way it'll go but uh, you know i was watching uh, uh ram some excerpts from ram ke naam which is a documentary that was made on this whole thing and i was watching uh, some of the speeches that advani had made back then and nothing has changed i mean it's the same sort of stuff that you hear today the only thing that has changed is that the speeches made by the opposition I was listening to AB Bardhan, even Lalu Prasad. There's just no one in the opposition of that caliber to take on what is being said today, which is very similar to what Advani and everyone said hmm. back then. So yeah, that think... really struck me that 
it's but, just uh, but on, on and that, of course that iconic image of Uma Bharati piggybacking on yeah. was it Mur- on Murli Manohar Joshi or Radwani? Yeah. Uh, no, Murli Joshi. Manohar Joshi. Oh. She and was she said the the taint is a tal- tilak or something like that. Like this yeah. is a tilak but, for. But her. I think one of the more important distinctions is back then these guys were the underdogs, the BJP. Hmm. You see, they were coming from a losing position, trying to capture some electoral space. Lalu was already a top dog in yeah. Bihar. He was at his peak. He was at his prime. Mm. Um, someone like uh, Malayam was at his prime at mm. that time. They were all on the upswing. So Josh tha, Jazba tha. So they could, you know, have speeches and counter speeches. Right now, there is such a dominance of the ideological kind of position. And the ones who have a way with words, like Lalu, he was a great talker, you know. He could... They are spent forces. No, like plus at that time... Tejasvi and Teranvi Pratap, whatever, his sons. Yeah. There's a photograph of them. It's. I thought it was a still from uh, Gangs of Vasepur. <laughs> they look exactly like that. Both of them are sitting like this. <laughs> FIR on both of them are So No, the other aspect, sorry to interrupt, was that at that point of time, you're absolutely... Lalu was, you know, at the top the, as uh, blurbs for writers, like to say, at the peak of his powers. Yeah, and he was Amitabh the Bachchan. He was a rock star. People did not know that he's going to be corrupt or a yeah, dynast yeah, or something. Exactly. So, you know, his word carried a lot of weight. weight. Right now, even if he were to, you know, suddenly uh, become a phoenix, rise from the ashes, people would dismiss him because, you know, he has a history now. He's a history sheeter. Paranjay, what do you think? Why, why okay. is no one taking uh, them on now when there were a lot of voices opposing them back then? Okay, let me make two sets of observations. Hmm. First, about the Supreme Court judgment itself and then on the political implications. You know, what has been said is very, very strong language. The two judges, uh, Justices uh, P.C. Ghosh and Justice Rohington Nariman, said, and I quote, in the present case, crimes which shake the secular fabric of the Constitution of India have allegedly been committed almost 25 years ago. The accused persons have not been brought to book largely because of the conduct of the CBI in not pursuing the prosecution, etc., 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 because of technical defects which could be easily, which were easily curable. Now, this is very, very strong language. So they're saying you can't change the judges. They are saying you must have daily hearings. You must complete this entire trial process in the next two years. Now, what happens two years down the line? Two years down the line, it's time for the next general elections. And here I want to argue that whatever be the outcome, whether Mr. Advani, Dr. Joshi, Umar Bharti are, are, are uh, convicted or acquitted privately, the Sunnis are very, very happy. Because, because it becomes a big issue. It serves their purpose. Either way, whichever way, yeah. the verdict will. And let me give you three reasons why it is so. Firstly, you know, the opposition has been criticizing the government. The same government who said, you know, uh, used to say when it was in opposition, the BJP used to say the CBI stands for the Congress Bureau of Investigation. But now they're saying, look, the CBI is actually uh, dragged its feet. Also, during the 10 years you're in the UPA government. Right. Secondly, it also says the opposition keeps saying that, you know, the Modi government is trying to destroy institutions. Look at this. Here is the judiciary. And, and, and you know, and we, we can't influence the judiciary. Look at the judgment they've given. I mean, two of the senior most uh, leaders of the BJP are, are going to go through this entire trial process. That's one part of the story. The second point is that the extreme right, the Praveen Togadias of the world, they had been accusing the BJP, saying, you know, you bring up this issue only during election time, you're not really serious about building the Ram Mandir, where the uh, disputed structure, the Bhavdi Masjid stood. Now they're saying, hello, look, 
we are willing to let our cinema's leaders, you know, face criminal prosecution, etc., etc. So he also neutralizes the extreme right. And most importantly... And he neutralizes Advani the, as well. And most importantly, this issue is back center stage. It's, it's alive all over again. Exactly. But now you, you tell me, uh, after, I mean, you know, where would Uma Bharti be without the uh, anti Babinacite agitation? I mean, who is under an illusion that uh, whether it be Mr. Advani, whether it be Dr. Joshua, anybody didn't really, you know, want the mosque demolished? I mean, okay, they are arguing, they have a different set of arguments in court. But, but the, the reality is, everybody you know, knows what happened on the 6th of December uh, 1992. Right. And I think he also gets to neutralize Advani and Joshi, the guys who were the only anti-Modi voice left in the BJP. So I think uh, this Even is a master Even for the president's stroke. post? Even for the president's post. He's, so now he's there spent, is only one option left. Which oh. is? Mohan Bhagwat. Mohan Bhagwat. <laughs> <laughs> if that happens, this is like a huge conspiracy theory. If, if, if Mohan Bhagwat becomes president? Why not? 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 Okay, uh, moving on to, um, you know, the second thing that I'd like to talk about is um, this Delhi Chief Justice's speech. Anand, let me start with you. Too much, because I, I, I suspect you think that, you know, it was always a problem. Why is he so concerned now? Okay, in, in just a couple of words, I'll tell you what he's, he said. Justice A.P. Shah, who is the former Chief Justice of the Delhi High Court, has said that this imposition of nationalism is problematic and he has slammed the judiciary for not upholding free speech. Uh, and he's saying that's really dangerous for a country. Basically, yeah. So, yeah. so I, you know, I, I, as I said, I, I'm an absolute fan of Justice Shah. If I remember, he was the one who actually struck down 377. Hmm. And it was a crime that the Supreme Court actually lobbed it back in the Parliament's, uh, yes. uh, you know, court. Hmm. So, and he's, I completely agree with him in the sense that if you remember the, the Supreme Court, court and court judgment, because it is not a, a considered judgment about people have to stand and, uh, right. you know, during national anthem and all that. So he's absolutely right. You know, this nationalism thing and, and uh, uh, you know, I, I, I completely agree with him. But why do you think a lot of other justices in this country have this view of nationalism which is which is a nationalistic view of nationalism i mean and then this is because they are from our own society you know very rarely do you find justices who are uh, i mean it's like you know as we know now uh, our nation is divided into left wing and right wing hmm. very few people you would find who are wingless or you know whatever or chicken wing or, <laughs> or chicken wing hmm. or colonel uh, but uh, the, the whole point is that when you see a judge who is able to dissociate himself or herself, A, from a possible ideology that he or she may have, or secondly, look at it in an amazingly objective fashion, because after all, that is the role that a judge must play, sure. especially when there is no jury. Hmm. You know, it becomes all the more important. That's very challenging His word as well. is the final word. I mean, I say, okay, in high court, it's not, but Supreme Court, yeah. I mean, generally. Paranjoy, uh, I'll come to you then to Manisha. Do you think uh, there's... This entire uh, judiciary kind of failing us, are, are people reading too much that the courts are falling in line with the government or are we liberals overreacting? Okay, uh, I mean, I'm done. In my opinion, what Justice A.P. Shah has said is absolutely bang on target. I congratulate him for speaking his mind so bluntly and so 
candidly. And yes, we all know that after he after he became the Chief Justice of the Delhi High Court after his term was over, he was passed over for a position in the Supreme Court. We, hmm. It was very, very, in my opinion, unfortunate circumstances that he wasn't made uh, a judge of the Supreme Court of India. But having said that, you know, in that M.N. Roy Memorial Lecture on Free Speech, Nationalism and Sedition, I think he's made a number of important points. He said the right to free speech and expression includes the right not to speak right. or not to express yourself. And, you know, whether it be standing up for the national anthem in a movie theater or, or, or what you should eat and what you cannot eat and what you can speak and what you cannot speak. And I quote him here, and I think this is absolutely brilliant. He said, our institutions of learning, unfortunately, our institutions of learning are under attack today. And there is a concerted attempt to destroy any independent thought. Today, sadly, in this country I love, if anyone holds a view that is different from the government's acceptable view, they are immediately dubbed as anti-national or deshadrohi, and close quotes. So, I mean, this marker of who is national, who is committed sedition or not, is, I mean, he is bang on target. He quoted right. M.N. Roy, who said way back in 1942, he said a parochial, selfish, narrow-minded nationalism has caused so much misfortune and misery to the world. And you know, this is what M.N. Roy said in 1942. He added that a mad and an exaggerated form of this cult of nationalism is today running rampant. You know, more than you know, 75 years later, when we look back, I mean, where, where are we today? And it, incidentally, that the same judge, Justice A.P. Shah, reminded the audience that his own maternal grandfather was a president of the Hindu Mahasabha way back in the 40s. And, and today, you know, you are judged by whether you disagree or agree with the government, okay, you say I'm not, I, I don't, I, I'm opposed to note one day. That means you are, you are a holder of black money. There's this whole division right. of the country, you know, into polar opposites, into binaries, into black and white. To me, it's absolutely terrible. What has happened? In fact, we're going to be talking a little more about Grace when me and Anand get into a debate today. So all you listeners, hang on. Madhu is in. Hi, Madhu. Hi. And actually, the biggest uh, and the best debates are between uh, Mahatma Gandhi and Rabindranath Tagore on this issue. Okay. On nationalism. On nationalism where... Uh, Madhu's come and jumped right in. Rabindranath Tagore disagreed with uh, this nationalism saying exactly what Paranjoy has just spoken out that it narrows your mind it makes you parochial um, I have a rather personal and emotional connection to a weird connection to nationalism just like a mother has a weird connection to her child hmm. so I can't explain it okay because Madhu uh, Paranjoy just so you know you aren't here for those haftas if you don't stand for the national anthem she's going to be one of the hecklers <laughs> so I'm warning you in case you're going to go watch. Okay. It's much worse than that. You have a 21-year-old university student. We are waiting for... I mean, Justice Shah has to point out who faces severe online hate, abuse, threats. Good yeah. Why? Good because good she expresses a view which you don't like or you don't agree with. Yeah. I mean, this, uh, is, this is where we have descended to. This is the level to which we have descended. And you know, especially... But, sorry, Justice, one second. Before, yeah, we come back, before we come back to Manisha, Madhu, we've already finished that subject, but I want to just hear your view on it. The case being the uh, uh, Supreme Court saying that within two years, the criminal conspiracy charge, the case should end, you know, either in conviction or in... Uh, You're talking visit, about... Uh, the Babri Masjid. LK Advani. So, mm -hmm. the, of course, here we just went around one round that 
it's a master stroke for the bjp because no matter which way the case goes in 2 years the election is coming it's going to become an election issue and it's only an election issue for bjp bandar mazid is not an issue for any other party so paranja was of the view to the master stroke and we were all wondering if there's a conspiracy theory to also neutralize advani i'd like to know what you think because i know you were interviewing advani when he was arrested if i'm not wrong yes i was the second time not right. in samastipur hmm. when he was arrested not in samastipur but when he was arrested one day after he gave an interview to the bbc saying that 21 temples were destroyed in kashmir uh, and nobody spoke up uh, the next day he was arrested after the demolition but the interesting thing is that at that time as i recall india today did an investigation i think it was Harinder Bhaveja, in fact, mm. who did the investigation on uh, those 21 temples that he claimed were uh, destroyed, and uh, they discovered that they weren't destroyed like a Muslim invader comes in and decides to destroy temples. They weren't Hindu. Uh, they weren't Muslims who came to destroy the temples. What happened was that they were damaged during riots. and that to a small number something like 5 or 6 mm. so there was an exaggeration on that point also but i was on the india today channel yesterday and to my great grief and to my, and uh, which made it completely useless for me that they didn't put my uh, interview no news laundry Uh, byline um, my meaning my title you were just a varish patrakar they just put yeah varish was senior <laughs> senior makes you feel like oh god i've got two feet in my grave yeah. so that was but i couldn't create too much of a this thing because i was trying to write a slip hmm. to say please change the this thing but uh, they were making so many mistakes on the graphics um <laughs> you said why add more <laughs> yeah it was really going no, hysterical when, when you i mean poor uh, rajdeep this they showed uh, they wrote giriraj kishore and he saying giriraj kishore and they showed some handsome young man instead of giriraj kishore and then for uh, <laughs> some other fellow some o- old guy ashok singh somebody like you know mm. dead and ashok singh they put some handsome young fellow so he was quick on his feet but it was really embarrassing so i didn't want to add too no, much but when you when the cops came to interview advani did you say bhai sahab interview to khatam karne do <laughs> well you know one thing did happen which was interesting that um i remember one time the chandrashekhar ke had just resigned in parliament and it was a master stroke on his part because they were planning to pull his government down anyway but he and he came out and all the uh, reporters were surrounding him and uh, manoj raghuvanshi shouted out a question and he said on camera he said ye to sabse pehle chilayega nahi to madhu isko maregi so yeah but going back to Uh, what Advani. I said on Adva- uh, yesterday. No, you, how do you read this now? I'll, I'll tell you how I read it. I think that if going by the obvious conspiracy theory that this is to damage their chances, his ch- chance, both their chances, Murli Manohar Joshi and Advani for the presidency, I think is a bit shallow because they don't need to answer to them. They haven't answered to them for a long time. I don't see why they have to do this to prevent them becoming a president, pre- mm. becoming president. There is for them to appoint. Mm. So I don't really buy that theory. Mm. however the cbi is under them and there's a new cbi director mm. so it's very odd that after so many years question does arise and i concluded my remarks yesterday with uh, to rajdeep saying that um okay the politicians can do their what aboutery which they had been doing and the legal guys were spinning yarns like you know abhishek manu singh with the supreme court this that just reading out this judgments which made no sense to the average viewer but it is the journalist's job to really find out the why on this story it and is you, th- our you job. think there is a profound why here yes i think that is our job to find out why this has happened now and the main thing is that the real questions have never been investigated hmm. so what you can you can fault 
Alke Advani, Murli Manoj Joshi and Uma Bharti for giving rabble-rousing speeches. But were they part of the conspiracy to actually pull the, uh, explode the Babri Masjid down? I don't think so. I don't believe uh, so because... Question, one second, one second. So, mm-hmm. sorry, Aparanjo, I just want to complete this. So, yes, because um, we had interviews with VHP uh, activists who... Uh, showed us proof that they were involved in it and, it was and they rehearsed. did bring it down. Uh, also, Shiv Sena activists. Uh, I think LK Advani particularly thought that he will rabble rouse and have this Hindutva. He was, if he can be faulted, he can be faulted for the resurrection of Hindutva in its new form. And yeah, he thought that it would, he, they would just make some speeches, poke a few holes over there, and go home. Uh, in fact, which I didn't say yesterday on. Uh, on television because I think he's a respected old man and I didn't want to, you know, sort of sully his image. But he basically was, what I can say is basically very, very upset. He had a breakdown at that time. He did not expect this to happen. Advani. Advani. And the other thing that I said was that it was rumored at that time, a senior politician did mention to me at that time that... The, which should have been investigated by the Liberhans Commission instead of all this rubbish that they did, is that how did a structure like that not explode, all right? A huge structure that, like that did not come down with picks and shovels. It was lined with dynamite internally and it imploded. Hmm. So it went inwards. If you, There hmm. are three pictures of it just going yeah, down. Yeah, just going kachak, down in one shot. And that only, only happens in an implosion. And I was told by a senior politician at that time that Israelis had been brought in months earlier who wow. had given the tech technology to uh, the VHP on how to bring it down cleanly and that it was brought down in the most clean fashion yeah, but although and I then when there were no bulldozers or cleaner uppers there was a disciplined disciplined uh, crowd who were told to pick up each brick and yeah. it was cleaned on their own but I uh, Paranjo you can just come in I just have one comment I think Madhu is being a little too kind to Advani if the news track team had already interviewed uh, Sevaks who had been trained to bring down the structure and I remember those interviews were there on camera they were afterwards Oh, okay, but I mean, they. I remember photographs of those guys training with those ropes no, those and stuff. Just, that was basically generally bullshit. Hmm. The real, in, real the, interviews the, happened the later with their, faces, Sorry, yeah. with their faces covered hmm. and they were Kufia interviews, which they were tracked down. They were underground at that time and they got those interviews and those were the guys who did it. Like what I explained yesterday, that there was a complete plan. There were orange Karsevaks with headbands of orange and yellow. Mm. All right. At a given signal by Ashok Sig- S- a single, uh, the the orange headbands were being pushed out and everybody else were being pushed out. That's the when the press ones. got beaten up very badly. Okay. And our camera smashed. Hmm. So that's when the actual, because they didn't want anyone inside the dome if or around down. the dome when it comes down. Yeah, but enjoy. Go. You, you know, the question that I have, and you know, Madhu may be in a position to answer it. It's a very general question. You know, people may still believe that when Mr. Vajpayee said that this is the saddest day of my life, Advani. He may give him the Advani. benefit of the doubt. Advani, that this is the saddest day of his life. Do you think people believe him? Why? I mean, he for almost two years led this Rath Yatra. He led it across the country. We know what happened in the wake of this Rath Yatra. We know what happened after the Babri Masjid was demolished. So I wonder how many people in this country really believe that there was no conspiracy and that who are perhaps uh, 
maybe under, in what way, in my opinion, is an illusion that Mr. Advani didn't really want the mosque to be demolished. You no, know, this I can is, answer this is that, really Paranjoy. the question I have. No, I can answer that, Paranjoy. See, yes. the VHP and the RSS had a very clear plan that they were going to bring Babri Masjid down. They propped up Advani on this Ratyatra to go whip it up. They took him for a ride. Yes. <laughs> they did. So they put him on and he actually was quite, as I heard, quite reluctant in the beginning. But on his first leg, when he started off from Somnath, and Somnath was chosen particularly because it was a temple that had been brought down by Muslim invaders and it was rebuilt, some in fact, 17 by... 17 times or something, right? It was, in fact, rebuilt by Jawaharlal Nehru's government. He wasn't that interested in it. But Sardar Patel and Gokhale and, and Tilak and all insisted on it. So he did it from the government, from government expenditure. It was Works and Housing Ministry, it was called at that time. After that, it was Rajiv Gandhi's, under Rajiv Gandhi's uh, government, that the locks were opened in 1986. The first Shila took place under Rajiv Gandhi. And Narsimha Rao was complicit in, in uh, the, the destruction of the Babri Masjid because I heard that this VHP had told, them, had told him, because it was a coalition government, so... He told, they told him that aap isko hone do, aapki kursi hum, kursi hum tham ke rakhenge. Aapki kursi kai ni jayegi, aap isko hone do. So for 36 hours he was missing. Hmm. I, I also think, uh, so I it was, it, it was the VHP using Advani and I don't, Advani is basically from Lahore, alright. So although he is, Sindh, not Lahore. No, he, but he was living in Lahore. Okay. Hmm. He was a journalist in Lahore. Hmm. And that sensibility is still there. And although he's absolutely rabid in, in his ideology, um, I still think, I believe that he thought that it would be Hallagulla Laila. But the actual bringing down, I don't think he I, think would I find that hard to believe yeah, that he was reluctant. I, I, I think, think he was very enthu, Rathyatri. Also, I do, yeah, if you listen to his speeches, it's very hard to believe that he was finally upset. Because mm, it's exactly. very difficult to believe that he felt sad seeing it going. Because his speeches were so like... Yeah. I, don't they were, they were was, like I don't think he felt sad. The word yeah. I would describe I it as panic. Well, I, 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 honestly, I think he was very happy. I think it was his moment at stardom. Who the hell was LK Advani before the Rathyatra? Let's face it. Yeah. He was a nobody. He, no, he was a nobody in politics. I mean, there was so I, they were yeah, all hugging so, each yeah, other, so celebrating. I've, he wasn't. But you know, I'd, I'd like to say one thing, and probably have your opinion on this. Maybe it's a completely wrong thing for me to say. Mm. Uh, if I was the prime minister, I would actually now uh, or then. <laughs> no, now, right okay. now, mm. or whenever I got the chance from '92 to That's whatever, right. mm. uh, I would remake the Babri Masjid. Mm. All right, and then wait for the Supreme Court to make a decision. Do you agree mm. with that? Remake it as Ye a temple or a masjid? No, as a masjid. As it was. Absolutely. As you were. Just like that, PT. Restructure it and Re restore completely it. restore it I don't know. and then make the decision. I think that would be too, uh, too no, provocative. No, I think it is a crime that for Paranjali, 30 years... What do you think? Ask, let's ask Paranjali. No, Gandhi would do it. I think. But Gandhi may have done that. But I think, you know, what would have done is make a hospital. Because no, no, then there's then no good guys. What do you think? What would you do, Paranjoy? You know, I'm not at all sure about uh, the details because there's so much water has flown down the bridge. All I can say that this issue is going to be milked. It's continuing to be milked. And as a person who I consider myself secular and not secular, hmm. 
I do believe that this was one of the saddest days in the life of this country. The 6th of December 1992, I heard it on the radio, literally a ball-by-ball commentary on what happened this I, I wasn't sitting on the Barsati terrace of my friend, the, the late Arindam Sengupta, and we were hearing it on All India Radio. And I said, what's going on? What's going on? That madness, regretfully, continues to prevail among a section of the population here. We've literally demonized one out of seven Indians who belong to a different religious faith than the majority of people, the 80% or the 81% of the population that believe in Hinduism. There are many, many dimensions to this issue. I uh, am not an expert to talk about all this. All that is evident to me Uh is irrespective of the outcome of the trial. I mean, what the Supreme Court has done should have been done long ago. Hmm. The way the whole judicial process in this country works, that you actually have this after what more than half a dozen, more than a dozen judges have gone through, you're actually having to instruct the state government, the CBI, to do their job. You're going to tell them you cannot transfer the judges. You have to hear this thing. And it's happening almost 25 years after the incident happened. This is shameful and contrary to what a lot of people believe. I I, I think we, uh, as a country... We have to, in my opinion, hang our heads in shame that we've allowed this to happen. And what is worse, we've justified it. This, to me, is the ugliest, the worst kind of majoritarianism. Democracy is not just the will of the majority that prevails. It's the rights of the minority that need to be protected. To me, that's the real sign of a democracy. But Pranjaya, which is all the more reason why until the time Supreme Court comes up with a decision, the structure it should, should not be. It, right now, to me, it is an eyesore. It is. Uh, it is an emblem. It be a hospital. Of, no, it should be restored, like what well, it was. I. I think. I mean, and that would be an idealistic view, but a Why? pragmatic view. Because see, the political fallout of that would be so huge. You might have riots all over the country. No because way. Because the fact. Yes, yes. The fact is. Of course, they, you would. Come on. Deal which one are you in? But come the, on. But the country we live in right there now. There won't be riots. But the country we live I'm in. Saying deal will the deal country we live in right now. There are. Oh, please, there are we don't a lot more trouble. What there is are a lot more voluble people who are proud of that than like that's, that's the sad that. part of the whole that story. Is, and that is a that fact. Yeah, there's more part of I'm proud to be a, been part of it. Far so. from being ashamed, I actually proud of what has happened. Madhu will remember in India today. At that time, I used to be a. Uh, I, I used. To, I, 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 I had left India today by that. But around that time, India today even published a map of an artist. We said, okay, at the site that 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 disputed structure we used to call the Babri Masjid, the disputed structure. We said we should have an amazing sort of a a, a monument to secularism where there'll be a masjid, there'll be a mandir. There was an entire map that was drawn up. What's happened? Yeah, Did Rajiv Sethi was involved in that, in time? where they designed it. Um, it was amazing. They involved, they designed no, this I, thing I, I which know, has I a multi, a multi-religion. A mandir, but can I just one explain second. one thing? That to understand the, I think the most important thing is the psyche of people who who were there, the Karsevaks, and people like, say, Paranjoy, who have this liberal secular position. I would say, I just want to give this example, which I think explains the the psychic part, psychic part of the whole thing, which I think really is our spine and our backbone. Um, If I had decided to marry a Muslim, my father would have reacted like uh, any upset Hindu. 
you know like in uh, he was liberal to the point of uh, he had many muslim friends he would drive through the waga border every year to meet his old muslim lahore friends he he, he kept up his connections in with his muslim friends till the day he died but if i had wanted to marry a muslim that would have been a different matter it would he would have freaked but when the babri masjid came down he was crying and i asked him why are you crying and his he was crying for us for us matlab your generation what have we become hmm we they have made us like them and now you must be crying for us if the muslims if the muslims uh you know invaders came in and did this by doing what they did we have become them and we th- he thought we were superior i know manisha we have to come to you you haven't spoken enough but no. just when madhu said that one thing i saw this video of this uh, student who was lynched by his fellow students for blasphemy in pakistan yeah, you guys yeah, see the video yeah. <clears throat> it is Terrific. such a horrendous ugly video and how similar was it to the video of kalu khan kalu khan yeah i mean all these guys who are these resurgent hindus are so they are so daft and so fucking fried in the fucking brain hmm. they don't realize what they have become that what they hated and exactly. actually i'll get into that later cuz i think that mob that, mentality that is, is so similar it is exactly you see the two videos it's a fucking same people ha huh, sorry manisha you go no, it, it, it's just... a lynch mob it, it's not just a mob it's a lynch mob it is a mindless unthinking violent mob which is out to target a person who is actually innocent but becomes a symbol of the collective mindless hatred that has been actually the poison minds of that mob you know that is what is important it's a mob is a mob which is mindless but this is a lynch mob where the only way it, it, it seems it can uh, uh, you, you know whether it be in uh, america uh, uh, an african american person being hung in a tree or, or it today's india where we see what happened happened in rajasthan you know uh, 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 gorakshaks uh, go and in front of everybody The only I mean, difference is that is in the US it would be unthinkable and, and, and for unthinkable MP for a sitting no, I, think, I, I don't think something like yeah, that happened but I think in the US it would be unthinkable for a sitting uh, minister equivalent to defend that whereas in India but in 2017 makes, but manisha what please makes go ahead a man, what makes a man who would say namaste ji as a neighbor on a normal day the same man when he comes in a mob to lynch you this happened in kashmir to hin kashmiri pandits that guys used to come and play table tennis uh you know every day mm. as neighbors would come they came to lynch people the same neighbors on in this context i would like to also mention prayag akbar's book um leela please get it it is about where we are today mm. and explains a lot about lynch lynching and uh, you can also catch madhu's interview with prayag no just two mm, points on babri masjid one is when we were speaking about support for what happened i was just wondering if something was this to happen today how would the media cover it I don't think there would be I think there'd be I many mean, people I mean I think Arnab, there'd be Sudhir Chawakle <laughs> and Gaurav Sawant would be there carrying they, bricks There will be yeah Acha <laughs> 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 it's scary to imagine the media the support something it. like this would have got You or, know, you know? I, I'm glad you brought this up that's a very crucial point while I was watching the news track tapes yesterday because I'm writing a story for News Laundry on the Babri Masjid coverage as well It was remarkable because the BJP held a press conference hmm. after this, 
and the press who are including our teams who had been beaten up to the point of bleeding and injured mm. taken to hospitals cameras smashed because when ashok singh Sing, singhal gave the signal that was when all hell broke loose against the journalists also so the journalists in the press conference were complaining to all these major leaders vajpayee advani rajmata sindhya they were all sitting there and they said your people your car sevaks beat us up smashed our cameras and the way they spoke to them was heartening because nobody would have the guts to speak in that manner today yeah, to man, any politician in up in, in power or out and it was amazing you've got to put that link over there we'll, at we'll the put, bottom we'll put that because, video and because rajmata gets up and she starts doing tutu men men like a fishwife and mm. saying humne aise koi nahi aise mara and those guys gave her hell they, are you saying ki and they started showing their injuries and everything and they shut like her up like i said ajbi yokat nahi and the second thing is you know an anand vardhan in the previous hafta or the hafta before that had said that there has to be a process where hindus need to start feeling you know to, to sort of make amends for the wrongs of the medieval india when we were speaking about how there is a there is a feeling among a large section of hindus that you know the wrongs that were committed against hinduism have to be corrected and as at a point that even if that is so that resolution has to be found in modern india modern democratic india not in medieval india so the whole point of this justification where you were tearing down a structure today for what happened back then i mean that discourse has to change and politicians and journalists have to do that hmm. see i i just want to say one thing <clears throat> please bear with me for like 30 seconds what is justice justice is to deliver something to humanity a feeling that you cannot take pride and joy from a crime from an illegality okay so while i i distinctly remember the day when it fell down and after that uh, you know i i felt like millions feel now ki uh, you know few of them or a lot of them feel now that there should be a hospital ya mandir masjid isai ghar ye aur gurdwara ek sath banao now i've i've come to believe that you know the the principal fight for or against babri masjid is by religious groups and as an atheist i can take a detached uh, view of it which is that when people believe jesus walks on water when people believe jesus jesus was born of immaculate conception when islam uh, in islam they believe they're flying horses and everything fair enough uh, 800 million or 400 500 million P- hindus believe that ram was born there hmm. let supreme court decide okay there there is archaeological evidence or not or whatever it is but during the time it does that it must not allow people to take pride and joy in something that was a crime so rebuild it brick by brick to the original no. babri structure and then supreme court should decide on it whichever way it goes okay, we have to move on okay. to the next subject uh, paranjay i'll give you the last word of yes. this quickly before we move uh, on to uh, the next can i briefly intervene you know That's this brain. point is very very important hmm. what is history what is factually correct one is not even talking about interpretations of history what is historic and what is mythology I think what is a myth? I think it's very, very important. You know, I remember asking, I remember asking Mr. Advani this question, and he said it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He said, so long as large numbers of people believe that Lord Ram was actually born in that spot, in that very place where the Babri Masjid stood, that's what matters. I said, but then. What is the evidence? I mean, is there archaeological evidence? Is there historical evidence? He said, "It doesn't matter." Yeah, but that's the, the position. The that's the position Look, of many people that it doesn't. I think we yeah. move back in time. It's really that we have regressed 
Okay, I just want to move Anil, on to a, a, one second yeah. on him. Uh, you said Ma- that Ma- the archaeological let the court decides according to archaeological proof. We did one cross cross talk in in news track. We used Hello? to have this program. Yeah, one yeah. and and in that archaeological archaeologists were arguing whether it was uh, whether Ram Janbhumi was actually Ram's place of birth. They nearly came to blows and fist fights. So I don't think that is a solution. Okay, no. I um, would just like to move on to the video of the Kashmiri. man being tied to a military jeep and that photograph we did us interview with uh, general panag you can watch it into your news laundry because he had tweeted that this will haunt the indian army forever he got a lot of pushback for it um and he said that's fine cause on twitter you should come ready to be abused it's not like i was presenting a paper to a you also said generals. indian army acted like terrorists please carry on paranjoy thank you so much for joining us Hopefully next Thank time. Thank you very we'll much for having me on this program. So Paranjo had to leave us because he had a prior engagement. We he only had him till five o'clock. Can I just say so, that Madhu has made uh, Madhu is right now. Of course, the listeners cannot see it, but she is very trendily a dressed. Fantastic comment on Aadhaar and the the us losing the privacy and weed because she's, she's wearing a sari with cameras. With, is it a sari? Has two thousand cameras. How is the sari so old? साड़ी कैसे है ये साड़ी तो यहाँ से वहां जाती है सीधा पल्ला अच्छा मेरे पल्ले ही नहीं पड़ा खैर सीधा पल्लाइल्डन कमिंग about this general panag's comment so he said that this is the image of haunt army forever and what did he say anand you said he said army, uh, we i army. the army are as terrorists as terrorists which was a bit over the top to be honest i think that's yes. over the twice in where that's in, over in, the top i think he no. said there's a difference between no, uh, no, he said it where sorry he said no no where on the tweet yes acha in the tweet yeah. okay so i saw the one that it will haunt us forever and uh, i was just um, uh, blown away by some of the um you know responses to an action like that is that i saw images of people have morphed barkha's face onto that guy 
don't use him use barkha oh and these educated people na these educated people what what they gorav samant ka bhi kiya hai logo ne what they call what they call educate gorav samant ka kya kiya hai uska bhi dal diya wahan hartosh also tweeted that acha going through a crowd of hindu you are whining acha you should put that now what i'm saying is that the that this must be done more of tie 20 such guys the expectation of the regular person that the law and i think general pranak put it very well the only the government and the military and its arms have legitimate violence rights no one else has legitimate violence rights i cannot even you slapping a child can be abuse of course the only person or entity in the country that has legitimate right to violence is the government and some they ordered by a commander yeah, they no, can't I'm do it they have that right i'm not saying they go around doing that all the time in that context i'm blown away by the amount of people who say that's what the army should do i mean is isn't that bizarre does does that people, worry the attorney general said that what's the big deal why are you making such a big deal about this this happens all the time don't sit in your ac rooms and criticize Haan, the army ac room ye to ac room ka pata nahi kya hai this is such a cliche yeah people should stop classes in ac room Huh. as if he is sitting on loc and giving his like you are also in an ac room criticizing people who are criticizing the army so like get over we are all in ac room no rooms. i'll tell you what i so. felt when i saw it it was literally like watching a somebody a child who had been beaten all his life grow up and start beating his children it was like watching domestic violence it was like watching the worst kind of thing happening in front of you and you know that it's because i'm not making an excuse for it but i'm saying that the cause of it is that the army has been so brutalized themselves by not reacting to stone pelters by not you've obviously must have all seen the footage of stones being pelted in onto mm. onto this truck as it shoots as it drives away and how some of the stones are coming through the jali even and and you're not allowed to respond I think one ha- one has to take that into account also. I'm not justifying it but I'm I'm not excusing it but I do in some sense comprehend it. We have Anand joining us now. Hi Anand. Hi. Um we have Anand Vardhan. Anand Vardhan. Anand is already here. So we are discussing we finished two subjects we have three four left. But Anand uh, Ranga you go you were saying something on No, this. I think see this this whole story and Madhu's made a very valid point. See I'll the two or three things. First of all, I find it unacceptable what i saw and i've seen it before israel has done it you know they routinely they tie uh, stone pelters palestinian stone pen, uh, pelters and um, uh, you know uh, to uh, as a what shield. would you call it yeah as a shield human mad shield mad max also they run mad max yeah so we've obviously better things to learn from israel if at all than mm. you know this barbarity uh, having said that i think general and i have huge respect for general panag uh plus all the people are uh, all the army people who disagreed with him most of them at least they actually started with saying that uh, do not abuse general panag we have huge respect for him he's hmm. a warrior he fought wars for us he's gone into battle for us and it is a real shame that uh, uh, you know that that request was not uh, acceded to uh, hmm. you know or uh, but on twitter know, it never will be twitter it would never be hmm. but having said that he also went overboard you know calling army terrorists i think that that is wrong secondly the army conducted an inquiry and they found at least their version even though as i uh, as i repeat that i am against this human shield thing their version was that this was on the spur of the moment 
uh, a reaction by one officer who had to get out and save nine CRPF men or something mm. like that mm. from a polling booth station and he found that this was the only way to do now that's their version yeah but uh, you know okay. so, but as madhu said you look at the other footage where stones are coming at you know two a second it is horrific yeah so but, but somehow into, yeah but somehow i see now you mix uh, it with uh, somebody has to get out of that situation like, i mean it's like the same thing like you know say sanjay pandit types when they say where were the human rights activists when terrorists were killing people? Like human rights does not exist to take on terrorists. The justice system exists. Human rights outfits exist to make sure that the people who have the legitimate right for violence do not violate human rights. I mean, of course. Th- I mean, that's one of the dumbest arguments which comes up time and again, unsurprisingly, by people like Sanjay Pandit or whatever his name is. Huh, one thing saying. is, I don't know if General Panak called the army the terrorists no, in so many words. I tweeted it. <laughs> Because okay. so I, I, know. I think what happened was that somebody said that we are facing terrorists or militancy and he said that there has to be a distinction and in that way and he we said, can't like you can't be, is this what he said, terrorists versus bigger terrorists? That's, I mean, so I don't think he outrightly went and said, So I think anyway, there's a big difference in calling someone terrorists and said you can't start yeah, behaving like terrorists. Yeah, I don't like think terrorists. he's a sort of person. I mean, he's a very... No, this was one of the, he said it twice, but anyway. Anyway, but uh, no, the kind of abuse, and then uh, that Abhijit guy, that singer who just, uh, he said, I'd like to see you kicked and beaten. So, can I mean, can we just, not discuss that? Yeah, let's not discuss that. He's the wildest. No, Abhijit, too much of I mean, attention. Please. And we have to no, wind but he's up on Times now. The next, like the most nationalist channels will get him on his panel to speak about things. So the media also... Dude, I mean, Arnab was on Times now. How can you... The Times now is Times now. Yeah, sorry, Mr. Vardhan. You come. You tell us. What do you, what, what do you think of this entire Jeep episode? Uh, uh, sorry, before Vardhan comes, I'll tell you what I think. I think it's possible it was unavoidable. So how it must be played because you know one is justice should be done and should be seen to be done so if you have to get out of the situation using that you do that but as a state you condemn that you don't say that becomes of course. normal and so that's I the first time it has happened yeah. Yeah. so okay i would uh, go with uh, what the former defense minister said that uh, on kashmir there should be more action and less talk hmm. so um, you see, it's, uh, if you uh, have retired from test cricket, you should not be commenting on what step the current captain should take in the mid of a match. Hmm. So talking from a distance may not be the right analysis of the situation. In absence of any other credible information available on the particular episode, we should go by what the army version is and in what circumstances the particular step was taken. But that's not very journalistic. How can you go by the army version? In fact, you should never, that's the first principle, you don't just go by anyone saying anything. And in absence of any other credible oh, information. But but you can't, But just because the army says something, they'll always have more information than anybody else. By that logic, in police matters, one can never question the police. In legal matters, one can never question the courts. In policy matters, one can never question the politicians. No, it's job to question everybody. So, no, I mean, there are that, two angles. There's terms, also the guy who In terms of fact-gathering, the alternative narrative has not been so rigorous. No, but that doesn't mean you cannot comment on it or cannot question it. If you no, see a man tied to a G. You can, but that was my view. Yeah, of course. And I'm telling you my view. See, if that's my view, that's then there's no conversation happening. Which we are all no, expressing no, our views. I, 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 not I was just correcting that I am not saying that you cannot question, but how I viewed it. Yeah, yeah, I get Somebody that. Somebody commented on your interview hmm. that why did uh, he not interview a stone 
Pelter. So my answer, no. So my answer to that is, we can't interview stone pelters because they're not. There are no stone pelters. They're just going to work, or they're going to tuition, or they were just going to buy vegetables. But for that, you have to see. Yeah, there are no. There is no. Chase. Every mother says that my child, my child, was just buying it or buying it. 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 Buying Okay, fine. For a chase documentary. Uh, Manisha, you were saying something before I... No, uh, the simple point on, at least on the social media aspect of it is then there was a lot of things like you all make fun of General Bakshi and people counter General Bakshi. Why is it not okay to counter Panag just because, you know, he's whatever, he's he's sort of has a liberal view. But the point again is that you are free to counter whatever he's saying and perhaps, like Anand said, maybe he can't, he may not have the absolute knowledge right now to... Comment with you know complete expertise Anand on Vardhan. what should yeah Anand was I, I disagree with <laughs> just Anand. say Vardhan and Ranga. No, yeah. but if the one point has is... fought a war. If one has looked at these situations time and time and time again, one is entitled to but comment you, on. You are entitled, entitled anyway. You are entitled. You anyway. saying that yeah. Yeah. I am not Credible. taking away his <laughs> entitlement. Like Sunil Gavaskar can comment on <laughs> an opening batsman. <laughs> you know? But it, that can be done in a in a language that is. Commenting and you know no, it's different to abuse and argue. With according someone. to Anand Vardhan, that means thespians uh, uh, <laughs> like us should just shut our mouths forever. <laughs> oh, oh, better still, we cannot question you then. No, but I have one thing to say. You know what you said about Bakshi and this one, and and I saw. I think uh, Anand, uh, sorry, Ranga also tweeted on that. There's a distinction. You see, if everything is the same, then nothing is the same. The point is that. You can say that I have made fun of General Bakshi. Now I'm not saying someone can't make fun of General Panah. Yeah, exactly. Course, you can make, make fun, fun of, of General. But if someone is to say that General Panah and General Bakshi are the same person, that's ridiculous. That's a ridiculous position. It's like saying I have to take film director uh, Kamal Ar Khan as seriously. I have to take no, film no, director. No, 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 no. The, the point is, and I'm not saying because they're generals or not. Just because someone has fought a war for something doesn't mean that he's. You know, no. You see, the whole point. General Bakshi no, makes a one sec, makes a spectacle of himself night after night. I will laugh a hundred times with General Bakshi, and I will think I will say he's a buffoon, irrespective of what he's done for the country. But if Panag is not doing that night after night, so I, I can I think convincingly argue that they are not the same person. So the reactions can be abusive, and that's fine on Twitter. Everyone's abusive, but I would find it very hard for someone to convince me that. They are the same. It's it's an equivalence. It's not an equivalence. No. Oh, uh, I, my uh, my point of Anandan was sorry if I can just this thing yes, that yes. when people said oh how can you abuse uh, General Panag hmm. okay um, and when people said well yeah you know they kind of meant look they are, when people said acha Bakshi sahab ko to aap bahut abuse karte which is a fact I mean irrespective of views oh come on my who God. has said let's beat up Bakshi let's kick him like uh, look, those words have not been used for how him. do you know that have you searched for I it I have not no but come Then, on we know I mean we're making an assumption give me proof that it has happened uh, you can't I mean, ask me the, proof for see, it's not happened General Panab ka abhi hua hai जनरल बख्शी का दो साल से No one has been able to make spread your legs trend. Spread your legs, and we'll do X, Y, Z to you. I won't say that because it was with a specific person. There is backlash. The world Vidyut, over. Vidyut. Yes, the world over. The right wing and in India, the Modi and the Hindutva Brigade are so disgustingly vile. 
maybe I should actually get 10 interns to sit and check tweets. I've, I am shocked if anyone even thinks that it's the same. It is not close to the same. The vileness of the right is unmatched. On so abuse. on a scale of 10, you would pull the, put the vileness of the right at 9? 12. Achha, chalo, 12. And vileness of the left at? No, Probably figure. I can look at Yeah, I don't know. What I'm saying is I can't put a figure to it. But right now I can give you that it is a no contest. No one has been able to make let's spread your legs trend. I mean, except there is and no, except the, the bhakts. And also, which leader is following 20 people on Twitter and having seminars where he's congratulating them on their social media strategy who have issued rape threats on Twitter and after the criticism and being written in Washington Post, he still not unfollowed them. There is, you, it's not the same. This, this equivalence is not... Look, I'm not saying it's the same. Let's not, you know, put words in my mouth. What I'm saying is that General Bakshi, like General Panag, has excelled in the field of which they were both capable of. Right. Right. Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Okay. Anna. No, I am. I have nothing more to add. What I am. What I am saying is that, uh, as a part of the commentariat, you have the right to comment uh, on the opening batsman. But uh, if uh, Virat Kohli is not using Ravi Chandran Ashwin, maybe he has a region that he has a hamstring, which Mr. Sunil Gavaskar is not knowing. Mm -hmm. uh, commenting from the commentary Fair box. Points, yes. So you may not have the access to all the information on the field. Yeah. So th that was my limited point. That's yeah, I agree I, with that. I agree with that point, but I again, I don't think it's a fair equivalence because if Ravi Chandran or whatever Kohli was using a hammer to throw at the head of the batsman, that goes against the rules of the game. What has happened is not within the realm. If it was a strategic call... He has broken the law. It's that simple. There is, so that's not, a, it's not a strategic move. It's a legal issue. I think that's a big difference. You mean Geneva Convention? Mm -hmm. Not just that. that also the Indian Army laws. Brutalization means uh, narratives in, uh, particularly in the liberalist space, suffer from the myth of Kasmediat, and uh, which itself has suffered from two things. The myth of... Uh, Sufi music and uh, the uh, Vishal Bhardwaj school of filmmaking. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Kashmiriyat uh, or Sufism means to conflate them from 1930s onwards. Uh, the Salafist school of Islamization of Kashmiri society. Now that that has not uh, been given due space while looking at the army response to a very brutal society. So that is a different sphere. We can have a different we debate on that. But okay. We will. Also, I just have a couple of announcements to make. One is please pay to keep news free. Support independent media because when the public pays, the public is served. You guys have topped up another NLCNA project that Manisha is working on, on the Murthal rapes. Uh, the story on that will be out shortly. Well, not shortly. It's an investigative piece. Yeah, it'll take really, some time. But it's a very complex piece. and it's a, Yeah, it's, it, it's a story that really still no one knows what the reality is. And hopefully, Manisha will be able to get to the bottom of that. Uh, so please top up the other NLCNA projects. We have one on the left versus right violence of Kerala. If you can top that up, we can send two reporters down there to spend 10, 12 days and you know get you an on-ground investigation. So um, if you follow us regularly, you will know that the second part of Achhe Din is out. It has a total of four parts and the rest of the comic will be up by the end of May. But we need you to actually contribute and 
top that up so we can actually commission more comics and complete this one because making comics is an expensive proposition. For those of you who follow us regularly know that News Laundry, we try to tell contemporary stories in irreverent and unconventional ways and we think comics do a great job of that. Kashmir ki kahani you all loved. We want to do a lot more so please top that one up. Chalo, we comics have... mein to achche din aagai kam se kam. Haan, comics ki achche din aagai but pata nahi achche din aagai ki nahi aur hume chahiye subscriptions uh, on NL Sena projects so guys please top that up. If you liked Kashmir ki kahani and Naksal Bari you will love the rest of achche din. Please go to newslaundry.com click on NL Sena and please top up these two projects and we'll be very grateful so we can keep bringing you more stories and comics. Now as Madhu said we have emails let me read the first one. We have emails that are really trashing us this week, Madhu. So be ready. Okay. okay. So um, this is from Sudhakar Reddy. Dear News Laundry Hafta team, this is my first email to you, both as an active listener, reader, follower and as a subscriber. I have been wanting to write this mail for a while now. I don't know what has stopped me from doing that, but better late than never. Let me start by asking one simple question. What is independent media? News Laundry? Is it Okay. Sorry, Sudhakar, you won't be amused because the rest of your mail is very angry. <laughs> does an ad-free model make you really independent? Yes, it does, but only when it's about having the freedom of building, disseminating news narratives, not dictated by sponsored ad spenders. But is that all? Is that enough to make you independent? Think through that question deeply. News should and must rely on facts and only facts, free of personal editorial biases. But is that still enough? I've heard the NL Hafta panel spending countless hours discussing Yogi, JNU, National Anthem, Cow Vigilante, Beef Politics, many other issues. I've heard you guys spending hours to articulate your thoughts on all such issues. You have even discussed Trump for God knows what reason in every other NL Hafta. Consider these. A man carried the body of his wife for over 10 kilometers on his shoulder in Odisha, Odisha's Kalahandi after failing to get a vehicle from a government hospital. The very next day and in the same state of Odisha, a hospital worker stands on a dead body, presses down to break the bones so the body is more compact to carry. The worker stuff the broken body in a plastic bag, sling it on a bamboo stick and carry it through the roads. Many more stories of such public apathy in Hyderabad and everywhere else. Does your blood boil? How many minutes did you really spare to discuss government apathy to having a dignified right to death? Did. I did a piece on yes. it. Oh, yeah. Not on not like not on the government yeah. apathy, but on the media. But Manisha did do a piece on it. And but, on this Odisha no. incident, we discussed I remember we discussed, we discussed this. Hatwa, this yes. had her comment. I remember we discussed that, right? this. Uh, why doesn't your heart pound when you hear stories like these? What stops you from building disseminating does. there you have it? He Sudhakar. doesn't feel so. so yeah. It does, but we did discuss it. Maybe he missed those, but uh, the rest of his, he says, for me, you are far from being independent. Stop this posturing if you don't have the courage and conviction to discuss stories and build narratives beyond what mainstream media thinks are stories of national interest. True independence comes from when you free yourself from personal editorial bias and from bias driven by what so-called old media thinks are real issues. I don't give a damn to the source of funding, subscribe or corporate sponsors, but I would worry if your coverage is dictated by what is news and what sh- and not what should be news. That's independent for me. In Assam recently, a man has to carry his brother's body on a bicycle. Outrage, not yet. This happened in the CM's constituency. Mm, Madhuli. Yeah, in fact, um, that's on our list. Uh, he says, would always remain a subscriber for I believe in allowing a space for everyone. News Laundry, Arnab, Barkha, Rajdeep, everyone. Regards the subscriber. So, uh, Madhu, you want to a, correct him a little bit that we have done some of this stuff, but yeah, we can always do more. We can always oh, do it's more. It's good to get letters like this uh, because it, uh, you know, sort of brings us back to ground reality but I don't feel that we are as disconnected as he sees us but if he sees us that way there must be some truth to it so we have to accept that but um, I mean I just have one thing independence is a a long term game I think this is one aspect that keeps you independent but 
we can't have god's theorem resources news is very expensive just understand that and hopefully we'll be able to do more thanks uh, for writing to I us i do agree that stories that need to be done in this country are not being done um, basically because uh, the narrative starts on sonu nigam's tweets and takes over yeah. the whole thing and i think that is really really deplorable anand has a suggestion for a section from next time on is an anand yeah. other than have that in hafta we'll actually put in text please tell Wonderful. our listeners no which is that in fact myself and avinandan we were discussing this so sudhakar you will be happy to know this was anand's so suggestion yeah, of reading it so just can i finish that i think that really the important stories have been and are being ignored very few uh do it and it's done like almost in a uh, just hit and run way the i i don't understand why i don't i think there is an interest for for stories on uh what is happening with farmers and their protest in jantar mantar and they to get attention they've been doing stripping they've been wearing sarees they've been why are they doing all that you know i mean they everyone saying natak kyu kar rahe they're doing it because the press does not pay attention otherwise mm. why did the women in assam strip when on the rape issue because nobody was paying attention to the northeast yeah, stories so you know it's not just done for the sake of it and i do agree with him that our real stories are not being investigated not being done and we just have yelling matches every night and right now in fact at jantar mantar we have these uh, tamil nadu farmers yeah. they are stripped and there is someone who's wearing a modi mask who's actually whipping them this wow. is the protest they're doing right now but, but you know yeah to uh, but before that i'll say uh, what was this gentleman's sudhakar. name sudhakar yeah thank you very much sudhakar but let me let me tell you just two quick things trust karo yaar sabse zaruri hai you know we uh, if you remember there was a doctor wonderful doctor who uh, you know gave such a wrote such a long email really blasting us and you please go through what abhinandan uh, you know when he was reading that mail and our rea- all our reactions we were uh, you know i i would not uh, you know he humiliated us but we took it madhur wrote a piece on it talked about it on twitter everything so please trust us you know there are hundreds of news things that uh, happen that we cannot comment on but at the same time that doesn't mean that you know we don't want to comment on it or you know we've just it's just but and we will comment on the media because we are also media critics so right. that is something we'll have to comment think, on uh, sorry but you know on on that mm. aspect of what we were talking uh, abhinandan is that i think every week we should have one person who's going to collect the news that is not there in our mainstream media that is published from the hinterland mufassil towns like you know some town in nagaland in jammu kashmir whatever that doesn't make news at all except in newspapers that are read by 20 people a section that says people. news that didn't become yeah. national news but should have okay that that that's section it. i think so we will start i think we should that. start that maybe vardhan can start that little we'll give you four or five people we should do that that would be wonderful I think what Sudhakar is also trying to point out is that we don't have enough reportage. I think it's not just about Hafta. He also wants us to set the agenda with the reports that we do. And we really want to do that. But right now we're three reporters and all of them are really young. I mean, we're really stretched thin. But again, if we have the resources, we would be able to do that. But like Abhinandan said, it is an expensive proposition. Good reporters are expensive. They demand. But soon we'll, we'll, we'll grow. You know, we'll get there. The Vardhan, please defend us or not. What do you think? <laughs> what i mean see one aspect is we are doing media critique yeah. so we will have to talk what the media spoke about that is one aspect so do to hoga baki bataiye aap yes one thing that uh, it is news it is you know so it is news but hmm. uh, that is also very run of the mill that must be happening in in, in uh, every other village or city hmm. so which uh, might not be getting covered so um uh, just it uh, it made its way into some newspaper so it was news so it it is not that media failed 
but uh, there is uh, a sense of banality to it means uh, it is uh, banal means uh, if you really go by daily observations of india there might be many villages when where dead bodies are covered uh, are carried like that yes it is certain. not that that particular person in uh, there happened to be a camera at the time that changed everything that changed everything because of the visual nature of our times it's the same with violence yes yes true okay now we come to a bit where i have to get into a debate with anand ranganathan on a brilliant pc road about ambedkar oh who you. i also think is a is my hero in a lot of ways uh, i'm a, a great fan of this article <laughs> of i wonder why <laughs> yeah it's basically <laughs> because the, of the numbers the bits that yeah, have been whitewashed of course it it went viral this article uh it for those of you who haven't read it you can click on the link below it was how historians have conve- con- conveniently ignored what ambedkar said about islam and he was very critical about it and they just keep harping on how critical he was about hinduism because it suits the liberal you know uh, left of center narrative now while i think it's a brilliant piece and it's important i disagree on two specific things anand please one is where there is an expectation that every historian you know i know you have issue with guha who i really think in india in contemporary india there's not such a great in fact we have a letter regarding history which is addressed to mr vardhan i'll read that after this debate that they haven't explored this issue now as long as they haven't made up stuff i don't think anyone can have god's theorem that they've explored everything that is one and the other is you said when you don't like the text you talk about context but context is everything so i will read out this piece of the man you consider your hero and you must read this book worshiping false gods where uh-huh. arun shori has ripped apart mr ambedkar unfairly because he has stripped it of context I quote Dr Ambedkar The Baniya is the worst parasitic class known to history I hope all you Agarwals Guptas Kothiwals are listening to this Is there a Baniya here The Baniya is the is the worst parasitic class known to history in him the vice of money making is unredeemed by culture or conscience He is like an undertaker who prospers when there is an ap- epidemic The only difference is that the undertaker does not create an epidemic while the Baniya does with no conscience there is no fraud and no chickenery that he will not commit his grip over the nation is complete the whole of poor starving illiterate india is mortgaged to the baniya so anand do you think ambedkar was a casteist bigot based okay, on those so two paragraphs let me address this first mm. and then to the other point about you know guha and other historians you see the point in this what he said about it is extreme generalization in my view it is like when people say germans have no bloody sense of humor or british don't know how to they cook they don't they don't well, there you go you know so you will always find some germans who in fact i had a german friend tostan with a fantastic laugh. sense japanese of they can't laugh they only laugh at people uh, the falling. whole lufthansa ad is based on that hmm. yeah okay <laughs> right hmm. okay so he has stereotyped and he has generalized right but it is different from saying that is the is he saying this in context or not now if he was talking of a particular baniya right i hate to use first of all i hate to use this word mm. baniya and you know any because mm. i i i'm not i don't want to even mention caste in this mm. thing but if he was talking of someone you know from this caste and in between he kind of inserted this that look this is what baniyas are now i personally i you know you can say all right well you know there could be a context because he's talking of a person and maybe you know in vilifying that person he's kind of taken on you know the whole shape of the caste and and everything but 
when he's talking of let's say a book that hasn't changed for 1400 years and that god has ordained shall never change and he's made some statements which i write in my article you it is context devoid no, no. you can I'm so not saying there's anything so wrong with that, but I'm only talking about. I'm not saying that there is no valid critique of Islam. I myself have written a piece saying that yeah. there's something. De- I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the expectation that just because someone hasn't explored this side of a person, that person is not credible. Okay, you so have now not. You have written the- eight pieces on Ambedkar. Yeah. You have not explored the side, and this was a slur on Bapu, because he was talking about that Baniya as well, because that Baniya had India eating out of his hand. and this man was so bitter because he was getting trampled on he couldn't win an election because they thought they'd sweep you know he voted for pakistan he voted for separate electorates then he did a u turn i mean and uh, i i may not get the exact uh, quote but shori has written when he said that i would rather be ruled by an oppressive british mm. than a, a than a blood sucking uh, brahmanical order he opposed independence at several occasions and when you see the uh, letters that shori has quoted between these viceroys and their exchange with the raja they used to refer to him yeah he is dying to be on the high court he's applied for because you had to get a permit to then he was on some uh, committee that uh, the british royal empire had set up when the quit india movement happened he was happily taking every position they gave him now i can understand that i think his angst with the brahmanic lord was valid i am not saying it wasn't valid all i'm saying is just because you have not explored that side but only explored the greatness that doesn't make you any less of a writer no, just because goha hasn't explored this anti islamist side of ambedkar doesn't make him less of a historian everyone explored their no, side okay so there are two things one is you see i this thing about that uh, you know when i said when people don't like text they quote context okay this was if pun not intended in the context of that paragraph <laughs> that I, all right so and i have i have said this before as well you know in the interpretation of islam on which again we have disagreed mm. when i when i talked about the earth revolves around the sun mm. all right you can put it in any passage and that is a stand alone thing so when i was talking about this in fact i i uh, redacted is that the word yeah i i removed those uh, sentences from that paragraph and made them stand alone okay so mm. that was point number 1 Point number two. So it is not that Ambedkar never made any statement that was devoid of context. Absolutely not. There can be, you know, there are contexts to it. But when I, when I, for example, when I talk of, okay, now you'll criticize me, but I talk of, let's say, translation. Hmm. All right. So when we uh, talk of transfer RNA, hmm. and we talk of, you know, I, I write two sentences on, you know, transfer RNA and this amino acid goes on that, and then it is in a passage of ribosomes. Hmm. You know, I'm talking of ribosomes. Now it is in that context sure. that I'm talking of. But at the same time, that statement that I've made on transfer RNA hmm. is a standalone statement. I just gave you one example. So it's not that you know things text is always devoid of context. Right. So but that's. It, it should not work the other way around that so for example and also a, and also because someone hasn't explored this side so of something I'll, I'll doesn't come to that right. doesn't I, discredit no, the i I'll, i'll come to that i'll come i'll precisely answer that but before that 10 seconds that you know uh, some of the people criticizing the piece they actually when i think shoaib daniel was, was one of them he said that one must look at the context of the frame of mind in which ambedkar was when he was writing this 300 page book now i think that's a very far fetched con- when you're looking at the human condition or psychic you know yeah, uh, but forget sci- what they psyche. are saying we are not talking about so you know i mean that's also a very loose thing that look he said this thing accept it move on now to come to your question you see guha has written extensively 
on Ambedkar. All right. He's had a chance to explore Ambedkar. He's a historian. He's written, uh, you know, at least three books on which there are standalone chapters on Ambedkar. He's written countless articles on Ambedkar and Hinduism on a lot of stuff. Hmm. Arunduti Roy has written a standalone book. I mean, which is an introduction to you know the, the uh, yeah uh, the, the doctor and the saint, right? She's she's used copiously Ambedkar's criticism of Hinduism. Hmm. All right, not one sentence about uh, his criticism of Islam in okay. both their texts. So sure. I find it very hard for a historian and a commentator who is talking of a criticism of. Ambedkar's criticism of religion time and time and time again and not ironically when Ambedkar himself says when he I'm quotes, saying that's better I'm not saying all right, so, I'm not saying it won't make it better all I'm saying is just because someone doesn't explore one aspect of an individual a historical figure doesn't make the rest of the work null and void just like you have written several articles on Ambedkar it doesn't make null and I void I mean, and then mm. what, I'm, what I think is the point over here is is that when you make what I think he's saying is that objectivity, that if you make a choice to exclude or not pay attention to a certain part of research or a point, just as you make editorial choices, when you don't choose to do a story, you've actually made a, exactly. a subjective choice. So his point is that they are deliberately, the left writers such as Arundhati Roy and Ramu Guha have chosen not to write about uh, Ambedkar's Islam because of their own but I agree. And, uh, I'm, I'm not so saying that is that is what inevitable. I was commenting on. I was not commenting on the quality of Ram Guha's work, where I do not find many mistakes. Mm. In whichever work, I don't find many mistakes. Mm. At the same time, that is precisely the reason why I quoted Ambedkar himself. Mm. You see, he says Gandhi never criticizes Muslims when Muslims murder Hindus. Mm. Okay, and it is a fact. He he lists out the facts of sure. the Mopla riots. He lists out the fact where Rampal was assassinated and Gandhi criticized Rampal, Rajpal, sorry. Ambedkar criticized the assassins. And at the same thing. time, you and can say... Rajpal, the guy who wrote that pamphlet. The guy who published the published pamphlet. The pamphlet. Okay. But at the Gandhi same time... Gandhi said this is abomination. But at the same time... Abomination for him standing there. Uh, for him to actually do this, to publish, publish this. And yeah. he said that the law must be strengthened and uh, Section 295A came. Yeah. Okay, but, uh, I so, don't know whether it was because of Gandhi or not. But, but Ambedkar says, when you read this Mother India, the book which Gandhi described as a gutter inspector's hmm. report, hmm. readers may get the impression that only Hinduism has ills. It is far, far fair enough. So I'm not, but see, all those things are making that. Now, sure. you cannot criticize uh, uh, Mayo for writing that book. No, no, right? no. The, the, you're not getting the point. I'm not saying I'm see, all those things. But uh, what I'm saying has nothing to do with any of those things. Yeah. What I'm saying is if someone were to read Worshipping False Gods and to read all those things that Ambedkar said, any nationalist in the current political scenario with half a brain and most nationalists have only half a brain <laughs> would would oh, oh sorry mother <laughs> mother you're not a nationalist I am a nationalist no I've never seen you beat anyone up okay uh, uh, would would conclude that Ambedkar was an anti-national anti-India British toady which would be wrong but it would be based on accurate quotes accurate speeches and accurate records but devoid of context and I think that context is everything. Point, point. Context okay. is everything. There is nothing without context. Sorry. Vardhan, go. Uh, Manisha, then I can carry on. Next mail. Vardhan? On this point, um, I, I, I'm with uh, Ranganathan. <laughs> Thank you. Ranga, Vardhan. you can say. Okay. So, um, you must make a film one day. Vardhan and Ranganathan. 
Contemporary India's wiki notes type of historian. Hmm. So <laughs> he himself, in a poll commissioned by Outlook magazine, declared Mr. Ambedkar in superlative terms as the greatest Indian after independence. Hmm. Mr. Ambedkar himself would be surprised by that, and. Uh, he was an iconoclast of 1940s who used to wear sharp western suits as a territorial political statement yeah. of his uh, west um, occidental values as pitted against the khadi glad babu against the indian way of life which he equated with a kind of a uh, casteist orthodoxy now uh, there are two things first that ranathan uh, makes makes a good point that that deletion that erasing of a particular app or a kind of writing about islam is deliberate hmm. uh, when people talk about ambedkar in these days so Uh, you can't be defending that uh, uh, it was just that the um, uh, uh, that uh, historian's treatment of it uh, is uh, their scholarly choice hmm. no it's deliberate it part it is part of a project of nehruvian civility misread as history okay but i want to say that even un- until arun shori brought it up even glossing over the fact that he never was convinced of the idea of india is also deliberate i mean Can who's I also to say, say that Ar- please do not use arun shori as a historian no i'm not saying as a historian yeah, i'm saying i have a lot of objections sure sure i'm saying he is his not book, a objective historian for there my are, there are no objective historians there are some to be that. there is not no, indians there is no objective human being my position is that is pe to hamare hone wali hai but what i'm saying is based on his book one could say all that has been omitted is also deliberate who's to say that's not i mean his his denial of that india as a country i will quote what he said how can people divide into several thousands of castes be a nation unquote he never believed in the concept of india he said india is not a country what are you talking about the british don't go is that deliberate so it's hard to say but sorry anyway i'll just read another mail and before i read that mail i'll plug once again guys please pay to keep news free go on to nl sena page click and uh after this mail madhu uh, i have we need to do some good stories and we need your help to do them absolutely madhu what do you think should be our next good story any suggestions on an nl sena project which is going to be a investigative piece what do you think we should work on cuz two nl sena projects have been topped up we can put in one more there's so many which are just waiting to be done i think um may i suggest visiting revisiting babri masjid site i was just going to say is that i think an investigative mm. piece on the actual logistics and function how it happened pulling it to pieces so madhu i would love it if you were to no investigation has been done on it ah, if madhu, you can you go along redo yeah. it leba yeah. hans has just been yeah it, you know just a couple of months ago our cameraman was called again by the cbi for giving uh, <laughs> interestingly i think two days ago four foreigners were arrested or maybe i'm just uh, for uh, they were clicking the disputed site oh, really? they, they had no idea 
and uh, it seems you cannot take photographs of the and another story that I would like to do is on the government keeping tabs on journalists so the two min- the two organizations that have been set up by the Modi government uh, one to keep uh, tabs on the electronic media alone the television media where reports are given on every single night on what is being shown I talk about news laundry then <laughs> 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 They have over 400 people working there oh. as opposed to our four. Then it's not us. Yes. And um and another organi- institution that they've made uh keeping tabs on print and websites etc who are then marked as neutral positive or negative. I think we need to do an investigation on that. Our chat taxpayers money is paying for these people to investigate us or to and keep watch on us not investigate to keep watch on us. I'd like to do a full story. And they it. could easily rather spend it in campaigning on Punjab and Goa. I don't know why they're using it on this stuff. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like up did you know what decent people do. But anyway, so this letter is from He really did well. Shirley Jacob dear NL team subscriber from Mumbai hey Shirley thank you for subscribing thank you you're Shirley I'm Curly mere baal curly hai sorry oh, bad line no okay you may god <laughs> you may accuse Kadu. me of being triggered but i write this mail to address mr anand vardhan's deep concerns over the feminization of hinduism anand the moment you said that i knew you'd get hate mail so be ready <laughs> yeah yeah feminization he said he said last time something you said feminization something yes. so what's wrong with it okay madhu now you'll get hate mail next week you be ready good i think feminization of anything is great no no it was no 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 it was not said as a positive way acha madhu ne googly phek di ha maine googly phek di what is wrong with it's a good thing i know it's a good thing but that's but that's not what he meant okay so you won't get it madhu okay so madhu and manisha are very happy that it should be a positive term which we will remember but anyway going forward to what shirley jacob says um mr anand arjun's deep concern of the feminization of hinduism something i have a feeling i wouldn't have had to do Had Miss Deepanjana been there, I'm not a Hindu, but much to my annoyance, even Christianity has been often accused of being feminized. I look forward to Mr. to reading Mr. Vardhan's articles on News Laundry since they offer a very sane, con- conservative perspective, which is why I was surprised when he chose to use that politically incorrect term, as he himself put it. But then again, in a conservative, is a conservative really conservative? He hasn't proudly internalized misogyny. <laughs> <laughs> okay Anand this one is nice well at least for one week the heat is off me I've uh, not met a guy uh, who's got that clear in his head yet got what clear conservatives uh, who are not no, misogynist because all the guys who are politi- who are they are basically being politically correct probably they, they I know that if they say something they're going to be in trouble I've seen that so they're just careful it's not that the attitudes have changed mm-hmm. probably another value another one of those martial values eh Maybe he's right. Maybe a lack of respect for courage is a feminine attribute. Why else would women so often end up bearing the brunt of men acting evil out of their own religious convictions? And how dare women have a problem with reducing religion to a dick measuring contest? Excuse my language. So how about this? By all means, fight and kill each other over your religious belief beliefs, but leave women out of it. And then maybe conservative Christians, Hindus, Muslims, and other religious men won't have to worry about the feminization of religion. P.S. Shout out to all fellow subscribers sincerely, surely. Thank you, Shirley, for your mail. Anand, I will let you um, retract on, your on statement or say what you I have to. I look forward to uh, Anand Bolo. Anand's yes, wonderful yes. response. But in all, in Anand's defense, he said it with a smile, knowing the response it would get. So it wasn't <laughs> sincere. I saw his expression. <laughs> I'm not trying to defend my friend here, but I'm just saying that it wasn't. Anyway, go ahead, Anand. But yeah, it was wrong. Anyway, hmm. wrong. Yes, okay. yes. Uh, 
Why? It's good. Feminization of that's Hindu is how he great. meant it. He oh, okay. Wasn't, oh, I he wasn't meant it in a pejorative way. Madhu, Madhu, compliment We don't take it that way. Feminization of everything. Chudiya peno, taakat aayegi. So, my observations were rooted in what I have seen for a fact that there is a lack of respect for physical courage. I said that even uh, he may be wrong, but e- even if a rioter is participating in a riot, he at least had something which many of us don't have in public space, the physical courage to take on odds. So, a rioter is a physical uh, coward I because he's got no, a mob no, with him. See, let me finish. Hmm. Hmm. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Yes. If you insist. Hmm. So I would. So you at least he has a courage to take a position, with uh, uh, knowing that uh, his body and life may be in danger. And we, uh, in our cerebral professions, uh, like what I am doing here, pontificating, in process of this, we sometimes demean that. I am not supporting riot, but what I am saying is that. feminization is that the uh, diminution of the appreciation of physical courage for standing up for a cause even for a community sorry yeah we can't say say that Hmm. uh, uh, means neutrality objectivity just being a fence sitter so that does not count and uh, to quote Ramdhari Sindhinkar, Samar says hai, Paap ka bhaagi na hooga keval vyad jo tatast hai samay likhe ga unke bhi abraad. So, point number one, um, Swami Vivekanand had spoken about this um, at length that he wanted Hindus to be like samurais. He did talk about physical strength and wanting them to be strong. And before Hindutva came along, which... Um, uh, you know, the BJP popularized. Uh, Before you kids were born, we actually grew up in an atmosphere where Hindus were considered weaklings. Uh, In any street fight, the Hindus would would be the ones to run away and hide. So there was that feeling of uh, we are weak and we... Uh, we don't fight back. There was that. So there was times when I've seen in cricket matches where there'd be Muslims sitting there and, and shouting for Pakistan, no Hindu ever got up and said anything. They hated it, but they never said anything. I've, been th- I've lived through that. Now, what, what uh, uh, Advani did was basically resurrect what Swami Vivekananda said, that he gave that psychological push to be physically strong, which I think what Anand is talking about. Well, but mm-hmm. I do object to, say, to your usage of feminizing because as a good Hindu you should also understand in all the Hindu scriptures the women are very strong no but okay? I, I think Nobody's there is yeah I, I just think there is confusion I am actually aghast by what you said Anand if I may without offending you um, there is no strength in writing because a writer let me finish when you are 100 men raping a woman that is not strong a signal a fucking rioter wouldn't have the nuts to fucking take on They're a one-on-one. Cowards. I They're mean, cowards. for fuck's sake, how can you call that strength, man? I mean, that blows my mind. They wouldn't it is it not alone. even courage. It is then it, again, again, you are taking it is the not even courage. Out of it is not even courage. It is no. It is not Cowardly. even courage. Courage is 
standing up against odds a riot is not odds when the odds are against you that's courage no one displays courage when there 100 people beating up one person there is no fucking courage there and i'll tell you you're a much more decent guy when i was young i won a lot of fucking fights and the only fuckers who that got into fights watch your language and when when people got into fights when i was young the fuckers who were hitting one person when there were 10 of them were the most cowardly fuckwits that i have seen i have interacted with these people i have lived that life i have not seen one courageous man who took on who in a, in in a majority beat up one person not one of them was courageous because if i ever caught them alone they would not have the fucking balls to raise their voice forget raising so their hands so what happens when that a journalist that is not courage that is I've not strength i've been in many violent situations as a taking, journalist i've covered no, riots no, i've been in, one second i've been in mm-hmm. riots does that make me Uh, manly and strong because i was in a dangerous situation right. was i gutsy to stand in the middle of a riot and There's have people around me being beaten up the Are most brave me? women journalists have been women actually f- dealing with all this kind of violence so you're comparing a rioter who's cra- who's brave and courageous and appreciating him when journalists who have shown far more courage women So I think your equation is completely wrong. You're appreciating cowards who can do thing do things in a mob. Yeah, yeah. Please respond. Yeah, please. First, I said writer as an extreme example of what I was arguing. Second, second is that I am not talking of a kind of writer who is leading a mob and raping women. I think that writers confront rival writers. also so there is uh, it's not that 100 against 1 it's sometimes 100 against 500 so i was talking of docking of that particular scenario okay anand may i just cuz now you're breaking it down just i, I am bre- I, I, okay, I, okay, i'm just asking you i'm just asking you a simple question in, in the first place i was saying this yeah, i'm just asking a simple question right which right have you been in no i'm just asking a simple question i have seen many i have seen many inside right i'm just saying i have seen many no i'm sure but i don't even think that is I'm just asking have you ever really been in a fight a guy, uh, like 10 guys against 20 guys have you been in a brutal fight no, I have seen I no, have, have you been in one you're talking about I'm telling you as someone who has been in several when I was young no, I have haven't. you been in a fight if you think a gang attacking someone takes courage you do not know the mindset of a man indulging in violence and as someone who has let me tell you for certain your psychological reading of that person is so wrong and like you said the other day there is an arrogance i'm from bihar i know the mindset of a bihari on the ground i've been in fights are the man who indulges in violence you you have no clue what you just said i completely disagree can i make can two be, points yes. here one is that um, after uh, repeated clarifications of varzan i still disagree with what he said because i think even if he was making an extreme example that is not an example for what you're suggesting that's point number 1 because a writer is uh, a barbarian is actually a coward it's not courage and the second point is that as we know in hinduism uh, you know feminism i mean even males we have this this concept of ardhnareshwar yeah all right so it's not a question that courage comes only from the male and in my experience at least personally i am telling you that i have found women to be much more courageous uh, physical courage is not the only courage at hand See, and just last point i would yes, like to yes. make that science has made being courageous or like what madhu was saying vivekananda singh samurai completely redundant you have you have a person 
with a pot belly the size of a ghatam sitting thousands of miles away eating pringles pressing a button and the out goes the missiles and he kills thousands of people so it's not a question of courage anymore no, see, it's not a question see, of representing this, yourself uh, oh, as a courage okay. you can win wars just, you can decimate people you can decimate others points of views using violence while not being courageous at all thanks now uh, that was uh, semantic nitpicking <laughs> uh, so when you use feminization of something poverty feminization of poverty feminization of of, of say hindus so uh, you are using it as a metaphor you so uh, a problematic metaphor to yeah. t- to take it uh, on its literal value uh, so take it literally it would be uh, a stretching political correctness to the margins of political prudishness yeah but the the very point you're no. saying feminism f- feminizing thing means that you think it's a weaker weaker sex i think okay uh, yes okay. my, my advice popular, popular uses no, but but, 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 but my, my at all is but there's but there is a lot of yes my advice is but i have done it i've learned i see like when you say sorry and come back <laughs> that is my experience yaad hai maine kitne joote kaaye can i just bring one point sorry in? manisha just had to one? say something okay. she got cut no I, i all of you have pretty much articulated what i wanted to say but on the aspect of rioter again i think what you're talking about is a certain romanticism of a mob and a certain intellectualization of what drives it i don't think a writer no, gets up in the morning and says i'm courageous i'm going to fight for i think it's mob frenzy i you think it derives a lot of courage from numbers the word writer but you, you used but you used that it was something yes, yeah, but, I I but you you started with that i think you he just picked writers must have courage well, actually he's talking about writ he just picked yeah. the wrong example madhu you were saying no nothing okay i have one more mail then we have just quickly two more things to discuss then we can wind up dear nl hafta team i have listened to nl hafta sorry this is from nikhil menon with a double n menon dear nl hafta team i have listened to nl hafta for more than a year and i have enjoyed it every week it has become a comforting part of my weekend routine so thank you mr sekri mrs trehan ms pandey professor ranganathan mr vardhan and mr nijhavan and anil also please anil sound recordist you must thank him also mr uh, menon no professors please associate professors are not called okay. professors he's not a professor so just say vardha uncle I value the breadth of views represented on the panel especially because I disagree with it often and because accusations are thrown around yes I'm a subscriber though my initial effort at subscribing was thwarted by the payment gateway but we've improved it see I'm a historian about to complete a PhD in modern Indian history at Princeton and I introduce myself in this manner because the matter I wish to flag relates to the discussion on of Indian history over the past two haftas Sushant Sareen and Anand Vardhan complain about Indian history writing being controlled by a left me- liberal media i've heard this tiresome and paranoid complaint for a decade since the time when i was in college in delhi but i have rarely been provided any convincing evidence for why the hindu right hasn't made an effort to produce any credible scholars one argument has been that a certain ideology a certain ideology has such dominance on university campuses that scholars with opposing views of history cannot be employed while they might have been some truth to this on certain university campuses for a certain period surely the left in india was never powerful enough to control all central and state universities why hasn't there been any genuine scholarship proving that the medieval period in india was one of was one of bigoted muslim tyranny and why is it that non indian scholars from across the world is the us and uk also seem to find no evidence for the spurious theory of unique muslim bigotry in mughal india 
surely these foreign scholars are not looking to job for jobs in jnu or calcutta university the problem with the hindutva position of this question is that it requires you to believe in a decades long global conspiracy of scholars with no apparent reward for maintaining this global conspiracy mr vardhan might point to jadunath sarkar's research as proof of his theory but as towering figure in indian scholarship he once was jadunath sarkar's research is more than half a century old and the research conducted in the decades since then have refuted that view and much and made much more progress a lot changes in half a century of scholarship you may ask what i mean by genuine scholarship and professor ranganathan will corroborate there are certain shared expectations across academia rigorous training the use of evidence and double blind peer review and let us not demean the skills required to produce actual historical research in medieval and mughal india my colleagues who study this period spent years training in languages hindi braj bhasha sanskrit persian arabic etc examining texts and archaeological evidence and using multiple sources to confirm claims as a historian of modern india for example i am not capable of doing this research but i am aware of the hard skills required to do so you seem to respect the sciences kudos on the science desk i would request you that you extend the same respect to all empirically driven academic research peer reviewed and published in academic journals and presses as well if not we are left with directors of ichr such as the present one who produces no academic research and spout fallacious theories that foster a crude hindu pride and pander to the party in power i do not want to enter an argument about whether there were biases among earlier chairpersons there certainly might have been but were they recognized scholars using methods of research that are globally recognized yes your guest sushant sarin proudly claims the kind of liberalism that was there in hindu society was amazing what is the evidence for this firstly the category of hindu society would not have made sense to a people living in the indian subcontinent for much of its history identities were multiple based on caste language ethnicity and sect there was no unified consolidated hindu society for much of our history and their practices varied by region and sect and even there and even if there was a hindu society the treatment of lower caste and outcast put into perspective any lazy self congratulatory argument about amazing liberalism about the claims of temple desecration by sultanate and mughal rulers again this is a central plank of hindutva brigade an assertion more than a reasoned stance based on reading of the more recent scholarship on the subject there is what historians broadly agree on see the work of richard eaton on the subject were temples desecrated yes did muslim rulers destroy temple yes were there thousands of temple destroyed no did hindu rulers destroy temples yes why because destroying opponents temples were often a way to assert political domination since rulers are usually the patrons of temples did mughal rulers offer support and act as patrons to temples also yes mr vardhan states that he identifies with the hindu project and approves of making it more martial like bagkam chal chatpadi and swami vekanand from the late 19th century he or she uh, he also says the feminizing is an issue and then the rest of it is um basically why why the right has not been able to throw up and you know intellectual battle but i think anand said that that's a battle they shouldn't even fight they shouldn't bother with that if i'm yes. correct i i always maintain that right should not be interested in meaningless intellectual battles and can i, can I give my of the liberalism in old hindu society hmm yeah okay. uh, there's a comic this. strip of two women standing with ghadas on their sides and they just have a little strip covering their breasts and low slung uh, dhotis tied at the bottom and one is saying to the other and this this is set in you know beyond before ram chandra and all that period and one is saying to the other you know in the uh, 21st century if we dress like this would be called sluts yes i've seen this comic so it's very funny uh, anand uh, vardhan can react to this i have one but this was this appeared if i'm not wrong in india today i don't remember i, I remember, remember this comic 
uh, this last paragraph as an academic i'm skeptical of all cultural systems and religions and historically speaking they all have blood on their hands india has reason to be proud of its indigenous culture and re- religions and i as an indian am very proud of the richness of our long religious tradition but no religion has a monopoly or vice or virtue nikhil menon phd candidate department of history princeton university yes vardhan you can respond and i think ranga has something to say then we can move on mr nikhil so you see there is an african proverb that till lions learn how to write hunters would be glorified so that's the phase you think the hindu project is in right now yes but this um, but this should not bother writing also okay. so uh, in campuses across india the teaching of social sciences which include your discipline that is history is left dominated is a matter of the content as well as the academic staff supervising it you start from ncert books which i see as beginning of ncert fundamentalism and the narratives the historiographical narratives have presented things in a way that shoot the phase when these historians started this na- narrative that is and the neruvian phage hmm. and what was what is the leading academic journal in india which is the site to be published if you are seen as a serious scholar it is economic and political weekly whose editor was just with us was yes afternoon. so now you know mr guha you know his predecessor sri ramohan reddy you know sachin choudhury now who are these people so there may be little bit so, i think nikhil's point is also it's not limited so, to india even historians so, outside india no who are these people i i was uh, myself uh, hounded out of footy at uh, an ad hoc teaching job in university because of a certain kind of left coterie so i mean i should not go back to that but uh, you know the even the dogs and cats of left wing intellectuals are teaching in indian universities so uh, there is a kind of uh, nepot- no but yeah but i th- no see, i think we're going to yes. i'm sorry we're going too far into that the point that nikhil no, is making no, is see. <laughs> no 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 one sec it's to it's not limited to just india let yeah, me answer that let yeah, me answer please no so okay, ah, okay quickly uh, but just stick to this one only hmm. yes see now to argue that there was no muslim vandalism and only few temples were destroyed is historically inaccurate but that's to, not what nikhil said no he said that only few temples no, were he said were they destroyed few. yes yeah, he said only he few. Didn't use word few were 2000 destroyed no, no. were thousands destroyed yeah. yes. no No. he said no yeah no what anand vardhan is saying that is historically inaccurate no, thousands were destroyed, destroyed. Oh. thousands were destroyed and a simple example you see uh, say magadh empire in uh, bihar now it was the most glorious and the largest empire ever established in the history of india now how many remains of that empire are there to be seen in bihar now 
what happened what happened to the glorious nalanda university what but i think there's a lot of this speculation so yeah vardhan uh, sorry ranga you go no no it's not no, but, speculation but no, second i i don't have a position second, one way or the other but what i'm sec- saying is second that second uh, second fallacy that uh, he, he is basing his arguments on is taking social science as an exact one there and taking the uh, the position that there is a fact value dichotomy in social sciences there are biases of historical interpretation even when the social sciences claim to be empirical actually that's so but th- that's so true for physics and chemistry also but you won't get into that it's not even that is not as but, exact but, as but it's a scope is far far La, more um, it's far larger the yeah, scope peer is larger larger think, but science. i think he's talking about a certain yeah, rigor so, 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 he's not talking about uh, it being a theorem no no rigor is there yes so rigor, the, the, the peer reviews is is, rigor, is, is about rigor uh, about but, but rigor know, can so be I, i would like the, to come yeah, in but, but rigor is subjective no rigor, everything rigor, is subjective rigor if you have referees who are ideological very good point if you have referees exactly the point i was going to make if you have referees who are ideologically in uh, aligned with you then no, but that that I process that's of true rigorous yeah. and is also compromised fair enough severely compromised and that sure. happens all the time sure but all the time i think I, one of all the rest is fine the rest is very let basic just, it's yeah. let me come to this you know couple of one because he talked about academics now nikhil there was a, there's a very nice points that you put across but let me just say that there are no historians in india there are velcro historians they are all stuck to ideology okay there are and when you say that right wing is not uh, right wing historians are not scholarly let me say of the experience that i have had of left wing historians whom you call scholarly like romila thapar or bipin bipin chandra okay uh, i'm astonished that uh, okay so uh, as a man of science let me just say uh, you might you might blast me for this but you know when you're writing something a scientific paper you begin with introduction you come to methods you come to results and then you come to discussion and every point that you make that you yourself have not discovered you give a citation that is how it works and i have read history books written by westerners who do that i have written i have read history books written by westerners on india who do that tunzelman is one example amazing book but i am yet to see romila thapar or bapan chandra writing history books where one page has at least one or two citations there are pages and passages that go without citation they are writing discussion without talking about previous citations it's almost as if you know they are thinking oh th- this is my word so just by saying someone has read in a university uh, or has published some work in epw or wherever i am not here about take name doesn't make that person a scholar you have to assess the work now it is absolutely right that uh, correct that i i have uh, you know i have not found uh, i've read a little bit of sarkar and majumdar and a little bit of sitaram goel whom i find biased by the way it is impossible you cannot i'm actually concluding right here that you cannot find an indian historian who is unbiased you can find a western historian writing on india who's unbiased but not and i've written a piece on it you know if you think if nikhil thinks that guha is the uh, the panacea or the epitome of scholarship i'm 
very sorry because I certainly don't believe that. At best, he's an hagiographer. But and that's what he said. Again, we are talking. He's talking about well. scholar. You know, he. Uh, so I mean, the whole, again, these are the things that. The point is, I think one man is responding. I think one man is responding to a specific. Then one should only go with what that person says. And we can't pick up what he is talking of the temples thing that has been refuted. There is this new modern thing that has suddenly come up. I think after Andre Tushke has written his book on Aurangzeb to somehow kind of wipe away the crimes of Aurangzeb, make him look more presentable, like Tipu Sultan and things of that sort. Go into the history, read anyway, alternative just, versions. Just, just one point I want to make: so, while they've renamed Aurangzeb Road, Aurangzeb Lane still is Aurangzeb. Lane. Yes. I don't know whether anyone noticed that. Yeah. So that also should be changed. To Vijay Malia Road. Sure, dear God. So, um, I speaking would, of which. Yes, I think he this he's arranged with the British government. He's managed that. Why he managed Karliya? Because you see, now the case lies with the Brit. With so extradition is now through the British. So I think he's royal challengers. He owns royals as well. I think uh, it's very. I, I think <laughs> that's the deal. I think he's managed this whole arrest and bail all. So now the case is not with India. It's I with know, them. Is it a big deal? Because when he was arrested, you know the pro-government channels. In fact, Arshak no. Who was running Modi's shows his international might or something? Or maybe Kuch it was might shite nahi, he's arranged I don't know, himself. Was it, like, was it that big a deal? Does it show that Modi can now hadkao? You can make anything. You know, it rained yesterday, so Modi did this. But the fact I, is I'm, that I'm, Vijay Malia got arrested by the Brits, was on out on bail within a couple of hours. Hmm. What does that tell you? When did he fly away uh, or escape India? Which year? Do you remember? Last year. Last year. Yeah, and who was the ruling Modi. party? India. India. Yeah, exactly. So isn't doesn't that answer everything? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> and people may say, oh, kya Karnataka was ruled kya by Congress, kya, Karnataka kya police. Kya Vijay hmm. Malia chale gaya. Okay, so now uh, I just had uh, this one last bit that I want to talk about on the fracas in Tamil Nadu. Is the AIDMK imploding? The last issue. I just want to, Madhu, please start with your view. You you think? I don't know enough about it. I'm just watching. I'm just observing. What do you think? I have Bardhan? no inside information on it. No, but just by the face of it, you think it's done? I think Sudhir wrote a piece. Sudhir wrote a very nice piece on it actually, which pretty much says that the politics in Tamil Nadu, as we knew it, has ended. With Jalalta gone and Karunanidhi almost, I mean not almost gone, but he's <laughs> <laughs> active in the scene, and it's not and that. You know, that pan-Tamilian leader that, you know, got the masses around them, that age is over. And Manisha, I think that's if I stand for elections in Tamil Nadu, would not, you vote for me? I think that was a very good piece. Nee, you are too and like, and so timely because uh, <laughs> I think nobody's written that, that look, the whole scene has changed. Yeah. Vardhan, what is your reading? Yes, means uh, Sasikala obviously didn't have advantages that Jalalita uh, uh, had. So, um, uh, I agree that there could be a paradigm shift in the narrative of Tamil politics. Who will emerge? Uh, I think even national parties now have more chance yeah. to compete in electoral politics. Uh, and that opens up the game in Tamil Nadu for national players. I was just thinking, you think what is not happening? In coalition, I think. I don't think yet uh, the BJP or the Congress would have no, any... No, not plea. yet, but, yeah. but ten, ten years down the but line. But you think the AADMK without Jalita is what the Congress without Gandhi would look like? Is there some sense to the fact that, you know, abuse them all they want within the Congress party, but without the Gandhis, 
there would be a Paneer Selvam fighting a Sasikala fighting a nephew and it would just disintegrate. You think that's... No, I think... No, I don't think so. I think this will be different. I I can see the Congress disintegrating. And maybe even not if they just give themselves a chance. They're just so scared of disintegrating that they're hanging on. I think without the Gandhis they'll disintegrate. They may, but then I would... I'm uncomfortable comparison between Jalita and Sonia Gandhi. Like I do think Jalita was this towering figure. I'm not comparing the two. I'm saying the party needs that leader here... It was a particular person. A Here family. it's a family. Hmm. Without that family, they would disintegrate. Hmm. Uh, Varadhan. Sorry, Ranga. Can I save time by not discussing this and instead proposing something that we discussed spent one minute in? Astonishing thing has happened in Turkey. Yes. This guy Erdogan has won a referendum to, to change the constitution. And to give himself powers. To give himself till 2029. Toba, Toba, Toba. What is going to happen? Uh, An Varadhan? No, you say human say that... Then that was uh, always seen as a bastion of uh, Islamic secularism, if that's not an uh, oxymoron. So uh, that would be challenged. That that is, that is already Atatut. challenged. So it would disintegrate. So uh, the referendum and uh, the constitution mandate to uh, redraft the constitution means that the Islamic character of uh, Turkish society is going to be a reality that Europe would have to deal with in coming years. You see, that, that's the reason why I, you know, I think it is, uh, it's going to be the political story, at least in Europe for the next five or six years, is that this is the beginning of something that Europe thought will not happen at its you know at its doors i mean remember that turks came till vienna historically speaking and right now what is happening in turkey is actually scary because it's you know for a long time you know in the 90s and 2000 i remember turks were doing going all out to become a member of the european yeah, union yeah. you know it's just yeah. incredible how in 5 years erdogan has changed it so much as we don't want you guys anymore, man. You know. But you think Europe ever thought? I mean, I don't know if they knew that they thought this would never happen. The fact that they never allowed them entry means see, that they so always were sort of suspicious that it's gonna. I don't know. Ultimately, I, an Islamic I thought country. Before Erdogan, Europe was giving this a very serious thought, and it is probably a disaster, uh, you know, from Europe's side to not have Turkey in Europe. But I think, um, and this I'm basing on uh, when Amit Shah said, "Ek rashtra." So Kanchanda said, is this an idea whose time has come? Of course, Kanchanda was being ironic. 68% of the people polled said yes. My guess is, if today Modi was to hold such a referendum that I should be dictator for life, he would win that referendum. And Swapandas Gupta would defend it. That is how far the right-wing intellectuals have gone. I will, gu- he will, de- he will defend anything. I'm telling you the kind of stuff they are defending. At least the trains will, will be on guarantee. time. <laughs> it's just that I will say this: even Mr. Modi and Amit Shah are democratic enough not to do that. Can we invite Swapandas Gupta next week? Let's call him. But if they were to do that. Abhinandan, it would be defended and they would win. You might be right because as I have said before, 68%? if, if so. Indira Gandhi had delivered economic, you know, a GDP growth 12% year on year, we would still be under Indira Gandhi's emergency if she was, she would be 90 something. Hmm. This is you our country. You think that they wouldn't win that referendum if they held it in India? Who? Mr. Modi and Shah. Amit Shah. Yeah, uh, he will 
I have doubt, but he may win if you take out that word "dictator" out of it. Mm. Yeah, mm. of course. That's a good point. Correct. Good point. That's a very good point. Do you want him as a as prime minister for life? I think basically, I think Indians are a lot like Pakistan. I'm going to wind up. So please, stop it. Suggest, stop no, it. Stop it. Don't I'm you just take that back. I'm just. No, I'm going to take it. Why? Yes, South Asian no, brothers. Take it back. I will. You please read the we piece and link that I wrote. This was when. <laughs> You know those lawyers led by the Chief Justice of Pakistan were out on the streets. Were out on the streets, and mm. one basically the there was an election. Musharraf went, and there was dancing on the street. Then they were sick of this news. Then there was dancing on the street. So basically, any truth who came in Pakistan, the people said yes. <laughs> How nice he's going to t- t- take take us to greatness, and then dance. Basically, they will vote for any ridiculous change, and then eight months later they'll say, "Are ye to?" So, <laughs> so I think we are like that. <laughs> So anyway, so uh, Madhu, please start with your uh, suggestion for the week, and then we can My wind up. My suggestion for the week is for the parents of young children. I got, I subscribed to National Geographic for kids, hmm. and in that they sent a lovely thing in which how to train your kids to detect fake news. Nice, wow, okay. We should we should watch that. We should have kids as subscribers as well. Yes, Vardhan, what is your recommendation for the week? My recommendation is uh, an old book. and it's not uh, even a book it was uh, a long essay mm. published as a book it's necessitated by the comment mr nikhil nikhil med and you must have read it also i think it's a time for rereading it it is uh, what is history by eh ka what is history by eh ka okay mr rangankal yeah uh, my recommendation for this week is this uh, wonderful article that came in the wire which is uh, talking about what is pain the science behind pain nice. and how in the next 5 years we might be able to get a drug that will completely alleviate pain and what it talks about is that this single gene called SCN9A which codes for a protein called NAV1.7 which is a sodium channel what it says is that essentially it is the sodium channels that are on the surface of cells that allow sodium to go in or out so they're like channels Uh, incidentally the people who developed the crystal structure of it got the nobel prize sodium and calcium channels and water channels and it is the sodium going in and out that actually causes pain for us to recognize pain so, so if you if you have if a drug rid of sodium if, so there are calcium channel blockers by the way you know for high bp mm. patient all that if you get a sodium channel blocker you may be able to completely block pain now the the point is if you just block a sodium channel they are very important for humans as well i mean for blood circulation for heart movement and everything you don't i mean you'll just die if you have a sodium channel blocker that mm-hmm. will block all sodium channel you die so the the trick is to have a drug that will block the sodium channel to only to such an extent that the pain goes away and there are uh, there are families so this piece wonderful piece actually tracks families that have uh, you know their genomes i mean people in their genomes that don't have this gene they can't feel any pain Okay. That's really dangerous not feeling yeah, pain because, because then you can pain is a symptom of that something is wrong so yeah. you have to feel the pain. Yeah. Manisha. Um, But if you can make it temporary. I yeah. think Atish Tasir's piece in NYT uh, Anatomy of a Lynching is quite an interesting I'm, read. I'm writing a rebuttal. It got you are Yeah, it got <laughs> quite a lot of flack for the last paragraph also in which it's basically about Kalu Khan's lynching and it's hmm. you know he talks about how Kalu uh, Khan and um No, so the second last paragraph talks about the uh, Rajasthan Chief Minister, and he supposedly knows her, and he grew up around her. Yeah, Vasundra, he grew up. And he her. sort of talks about how she used to smoke, used to drink, and she used to have boyfriends, even Muslim. And a lot of people have said that this paragraph, some have viewed it as sexist, 
bringing up her personal life oh, some have viewed it as a wrote about her and her son in his yeah, book yeah that's the whole thing for god's sake he exposed yeah. everything mm. <laughs> or also caricature of what a liberal is supposed to be and mm. how they would act and sort of naive also because mm. a lot of people are very naive writers, writers what i would call a writers, poor man's naive they have to expose something <laughs> expose yourself first but before no, you expose think, other people uh, first uh, first strip yourself then strip other people hmm. no but i think he brings up a valid point about this lynching and how it didn't it didn't get the kind of attention it should have and just okay uh, the piece i'm writing if i can say which should be ready manisha in yeah. uh, you know a couple of days time is called india indian media and the art of subjectivity hmm. and it's going to talk about this you're writing for news laundry i hope hmm. <coughs> well right for anyone else <laughs> okay, okay so that's Hmm. Yes, so you know that's, that's true, but I'll tell <laughs> you why. He writes too I'm, much for Twitter. No, I'll tell okay, you. Okay, we're way over. Okay, let's yeah, stop. But I, I, I judge, uh, uh, you know, how good a piece is. You know, is it worth uh, a proper piece in news laundry? If it isn't, I quickly write, you know, seven and eight hundred words, uh, screen and okay, image, and put it in Twitter. Okay, um, so that's Manisha's recommendation. Mm. I actually um, would recommend uh, Sunetra's book. You know, because. um that's amazing i mean we made so much fun fun of her yeah. and now she's come up with this really powerful I book mean, i i will be honest i i mean i don't think it's beautifully written i mean i, I don't think she has a flair for writing like a i don't know even an atish for example he has a style or even ranga uncle you know he has a flair the writing oh, has please. a style but the amount of work that's gone into it with speaking to these 15 20 people Good basically great. when you see what happens in prison and if you still think rule of law prevails you're in la la land i just think if that's what our prisons are like and if a country were to be judged on what happens in jail we'd be like didn't someone say that i remember someone actually quoted that oh, judge really? a country judge the civility of a country by how its jails are i remember yeah, somebody said possibly. that so what's yeah. the song so uh, my song this week is dedicated to uh, a very cute fellow arvinder singh lovely <laughs> Who has now switched to the BJP and Ajay Makan started crying? Yeah, I didn't But know. If lovely is here, sweetie can't be far behind. So I was like, dude, this is this is the world, yeah. Like you know, BJP is sucking the oxygen out of every party. So um, this song goes out to the BJP and Mr. Arvinder. May you live happily ever after. All the news laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.